first off after reading that little line i will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine this is not a fucking joke anymore this is fucking dead serious i am fucking dead serious these people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with yeah in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot but fuck they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of they do not fucking understand no fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood never I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage fuck these motherfuckers Shut it. All right, let me let me do this. We're we're up and running straight away, bro. So, uh, how you doing? It's been uh, been too long, my friend. Been a while. Yeah, I'm good. How how long was it since we did that stream? At least I'm thinking almost a year. Oh. Is it a year? I was I was putting it in the ballpark of two. Has it? It hasn't been that long. It hasn't. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'd have to go look. I can check real quick. Um, Answer that question with data. The old, uh, <laughs> the old memory circuits ain't what they were. So, um, <laughs> you know, what can I say? Hang on, I, I need to uh, just sort of press my uh, desktop. And um, we don't see you. You want to just stay off camera? You're not normally okay. camera shy. Hi. Oh, uh, no, no. Oh, my, uh, sorry, I thought that was on. Uh, so actually i put i put the title of, um our virus is real and biowarfare for the stream i know you're sort of running uh a twitter space as well and uh -huh. the well you know what literally one of the reasons that I really I wanted to speak to you was I saw how you were um, treated in a Ian Copeland space 
and okay. um yeah it was just a very very uh well when when talking to the public um especially if they're bringing data and the way the way that you were describing the data was actually very very accurate particularly the the quote unquote changes to classifications in Coding the R codes, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in and how that how they're using this data to try to shuffle around <laughs> into as many categories all this excess death that we're seeing, and um, that's a in scientific terms that's a critical question, right? It does it, regardless of what the cause is, you would want to be asking, why is there a sustained increase in all-cause mortality, right? And what we see across not just the Western Hemisphere, but also very much in the East and Singapore, Australia, it's running at about 10 to 15%. And this, this should be on everyone's should be everyone should be talking about this but they're not and uh, uh, in, in my mind um what i what i find most concerning is the categories into which those deaths are being sorted so we see mm -hmm. uh, what, are, what the basically the primary or the largest causes and increases are dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, those those disorders, cardiovascular, there's a few grouped into there, and of course, um, malignant neoplasms. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this gets classified as non-COVID related. And in the current environment, that's a very, very short-sighted assumption to make, oh. in my opinion. Now, I would, I would, you, you did such a fantastic job of summarizing how the R codes had been changed, manipulated, the uh, the the whole oh. process, which, of course, is ethical skeptics data. Uh -huh. um, but perhaps for people. Who were listening and didn't have the uh, opportunity to hear you in in that space um perhaps you should just relay out what what happened okay um certainly so let me turn the volume down here real quick sure sure um uh -oh. God, I'm jealous of your set, dude. It <laughs> looks so cool. <laughs> I got this from a church for 500 bucks, and yeah. uh, I love it. I've looked for it for months and months and months before I found it, but yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, okay, so I came across the Ethical Skeptics data, and he put out these uh, two blog posts. Uh, Houston, We Have a Problem was the first one, where he just kind of outlines how he sort of fell into this, because... You know, he's former naval intelligence. He's done uh, a lot of consulting to big corporations, to governments, and so forth. 
basically being the contrarian who comes in and says, no, your experts are wrong. I'm right. Here's why. The 12th. And as a result, he's made millions of dollars. So he had a business partner who died suddenly after taking these shots and he wanted to get some answers and know, okay, what's going on. And he kind of, in, in the process, he also sees, uh, you know, he talks about going by, um, an oncologist's office, the waiting room's full. There are people lining down the hall and he's like, well, that's very strange what's going on. And so he looks into the official, uh, narrative of, well, it's missed appointments. Well, it's COVID. Well, it's this, well, it's that. And he just starts systematically investigating those one by one and what the data showed didn't back up those claims. And so he started, I think, digging in. He's got three sources that he cites. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find it here in the uh, in his blog post, kind of as we go through. But they're all basically CDC. Let me see if I can. Nope. Uh, MMWR is one. So he. He basically, he takes three years of baseline from, I think it's 2017 to 2019. He takes uh, the current data set, and then there's also a national statistics one, that I'm, the wonder data that he's also pulling. So he's got those two data sets. And, you know, if you bring any of this up with these uh, vaccine anti-vax haters, I guess. I don't know what the right term to call them is. Friends. They will show you the current data and say, no, Sam, you're wrong. Everything's fine. Here's the data to prove it. And what I'm actually, what the ethical skeptic is bringing up here that I think is so brilliant is that the, the data is, is highly suspect. It's got problems. It's got the fingerprints of fraud and that's you know there's that's something that i used to do in telecom was find look for patterns in the network and identify fraud and then let them go after it he does that at a whole nother level and he's done some kind of forensic investigations looking into accounting and you you see there, there are fingerprints left behind when you go in and and you know steal or change manipulate the data and what he's done is to go in and grab these weekly snapshots and look at what happened over time. Okay. And they rolled out right sort of as the shots were, were rolling out and things were looking pretty grim. The CDC came out and Lewinsky went to her university and gave the speech. I broke that down in a, in a show a long time ago. And, um, she talked about, well, we need better data. Data is really important. We, we need to improve the, the reporting time from the state roll-up into federal so that we can be empowered to make better decisions. And then they took the um, NVSS system offline for what was supposed to be two weeks. It ended up being, I think it was seven or eight weeks. And, uh, you know, they're working on it. And in the process... <laughs> disappear like wait a minute what happened to those where did they go well those get moved off into the r codes to basically sweep this thing under the rug and then at the same time what he found out is this um mcod ucod on the death certificates 
they've apparently pushed out a new policy where they were taking, and I've got a graphic here, but yeah, um, let, let me just uh, allow screen sharing. Oh, you want? Yeah, I don't know if you want to share your screen, but just in case you do, the 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 option is there. Yeah, for let you. me see if I can. Um, I don't know. But, oh, right. You know, just just from a statistics data collection uh, point of view, um, changing methods uh, at critical junctures is it's it's a ma that's just a massive confound straight away yes. and <laughs> the uh, to do it when they did and to see these fingerprints emerging in their published data it, it's this is um as you said alarm bells should be going off mm. and instead what's happening is these people are actually citing this corrupted data set and then refusing to address any of the issues raised and instead they they call him a, a grifter of course he's a multimillionaire. he doesn't need the money he's very successful they call him a liar they say that he's making data up and on and on and on um they point to the i think it's like the our world data statistics to show that uh all-cause mortality is down and i need to that's something i still need to dig into but this right here, I think you can see that now on the screen, is uh, the sort of death code, what they're doing, where they had COVID and cancer. They started moving the cancer to a MCOD and COVID to a UCOD. And this is what he describes as this categorical gaming process where they're coming in and swapping these out. And as he went through, he before the upgrade, he had in the, I think it was zero to 54 age range. I just, he I just had a... want to pause you there. So people who probably don't are unfamiliar with those acronyms, it's immediate cause of death and uh, underlying a cause of death. Uh, That's right. But they're making the switch. Uh, and so we... they describe it as this, um, or uh, sorry, so before the upgrade, what he was seeing in his data sets when he was looking at cancers was a, I think at the time it was eight, it's been running eight to nine. I think now it's jumped up to 11 Sigma uh, increase above the, the threshold. And he's taking out suicides. He's taking out car accidents. He's taking out non-natural cause deaths. And he's also taking out COVID deaths as well to, to sort of drill in and get to the right data set. And, uh, after the upgrade, that signal just completely goes away and everything's back to normal and uh, all good, Kevin. Don't Nothing to worry about. There's no yeah. signal here. But what he found when he discovered this, what they were doing with the, the death certificates, when he reversed that process, boom, the 8 to, to 11 sigma increase is still right there and uh, you know it made it very clear. So... The upgrade itself, what they told us, and can, can you still see my screen? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, good deal. So, oh, oh, right here, there's this is another great one to point out. So, what you're looking at here are the is the R code stuffing, and you can see these little lines. There's a like a faint blue one, and then a kind of an orange one that goes up and hooks down, and then a yellow one, and then it goes all the way up to the current. 
what those are is showing you kind of snapshots of the R code bucket over time. So back in 2000 it, or 2020, it was around 3000 records in this sort of dumping ground. We don't know what it is. Um, holding pen basically just uh, yeah like pending yeah we need to come and investigate it and then finally assign it to an icd 10 uh, death code so what you can see by looking at this chart is two things they've been uh, letting the bucket grow but they've also been taking longer to uh, assign those records and that's there's another this is another way that they are hiding some of these deaths to obscure the signal because when they're in here, they're not getting counted in the cardiovascular related deaths. So you've got that problem. And of course, I, I just, I just want to add um, some, some a caveat to that for people that are listening. So, you know, I, I often speak about the sort of kick the can down the road strategy as you try to um, mis misdirect people and what they'll do is you know the sustained all-cause mortality that we're seeing um, across uh, these countries if they can stretch it out long enough then what they'll do is as I say well here's our pre-baseline uh, our pre-baseline or pre-covid baseline changes uh, or post-covid sorry I should say and though and then the mean is shifted up so everyone just says everything is back to normal yes right? Um, yes, and that's how people need to think about this as a uh, as a strategy, a gaming strategy. They're they're basically trying to run the clock out. Is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, to where it becomes the new baseline, and then they can go on and get away with it. Um, so what they told us was that, and I'm trying to find. I think I'm in the wrong one. I need to jump to part two. What they told us about the upgrade was that it was to reduce the reporting time. Uh, only problem with that is that didn't actually happen in any of the categories except for one. And sorry, I just need to click over to it here. Uh, and that was the cancer deaths where they saw an improvement in the lag time. Why can't I find this thing? <laughs> I mean, he's got a busy, okay. busy blog like, um... And, and very detailed um, posts explaining each he of these. absolutely knows what he's talking about here. Um, so here it is right here, and you can see there's that blue line. That is the everything else, and be, because it's under the orange line, it's taking longer to resolve those records is what that means. And the orange line is cancer, so they're getting to their final disposition much faster but it turns out that wasn't because of any kind of improvement from this upgrade. That was just because they were doing the death certificate switching to hide the, the cancer deaths. And that's the only signal that improves. So you have this upgrade that all these records disappear. It doesn't meet any of its stated objectives. And, um, you know, in, in the end, like, what, what was it? It took eight weeks. What, what did they actually do? And it was at this pivotal time early on when we're seeing this huge wave of increase, was it an intentional effort for them to hide the, the, the warning signals? And, and I think he makes that pretty clear with, with his data here. Um, it's a, wow, I'm the, I'm the fastest. 
Well, I, I would just add this, that in the current environment, um, particularly when we are seeing, you know, and again, you could argue that it's just the, the size of the rollout, right? That literally people were, they'll say it wasn't mandated, but, you know, when your job's at risk, um, you... Most, most people are going to comply and don't have the time to dig into data and and break mm -hmm. it down into its constituent parts and understand where you you have these confounds in statistical oh, analysis. Oh, and I I haven't seen anyone be able to dismantle what he's put forward. Mm -hmm. You know that what they yeah, refer to is I... publish it. Yeah. Um, that's what I the, the rounds going on they're like well that's a blog post i'm like well it, no it's actually cdc data that he's I analyzing can you find problems oh, with right. his analysis and they would come back with just a character attack and they absolutely no, refuse to address this they would then start talking about well this is not true because sweden's fine and they got the shots and everything was fine over there well, okay, that's great that Sweden got out of this unscathed. They didn't. But they didn't. We talk about, yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I'm just going to, like, I, I will just give that to them. But now let's go talk about the CDC data. Well, no, we don't need to because Sweden proves that it was all fine. And that's the kind of sort of scapegoating that they use. It's a, it's this 2Q quo fallacy where you present facts and they come back with, another argument that's not doesn't really address the facts and you know they're just trying to derail the conversation and yeah i guess i guess we didn't start off on viruses aren't real and i i, I would say this look i i commend them for trying to address that particular issue right it, it, it's a toxic corrosive um psychological operation that is uh, catches too many people because they don't want to it's it's easier just to think that, that a problem isn't real right you can ignore it and it yeah. will um you can just carry on about your day in uh in a, whatever a haze of confirmation biases and uh, whatever else they're using to maintain that particular state and um in in that domain i, I would um yeah, that will make you yeah I, 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 I don't have any issue with what, what they're doing. It's this, um, it, it's this dissimulation around uh, the, well, this all-cause mortality data that we're seeing. And the, like I said, the CDC data's, data is very, very clear. And, you know, the, the C, well, it's classed as non-COVID related, as I, as I said at the beginning, which... Um, I, I, scientifically, I don't think that we can make that presumption at the moment. And whether it's from exposure to the virus itself, or you get uh, a gene transfection technology shoved into your arm, and this is, this is something that they absolutely refuse to address, is the labile nature of the lipid nanoparticle. And yeah. no, it goes all around. Everywhere. Yeah, all around the body into critical organ systems, and that that was not the message 
given to the general public and that is in no way allowing them to come to informed consent now you know we've we've learned that again i want to salute um anthony uh, Keck, uh for his work um sort of bringing bringing the case about informed consent uh, in, the, in the virginia courts and basically the uh, the upshot of that was well under under an EUA, um, you're. Um, well, they're, they're, they're basically can be described as war powers acts, and you don't have they don't have to give you informed consent in that scenario. And this is this is where we've found ourselves. Yeah. What are we? Two years after the rollout, I want to say. January 2021 is when they really kicked it mm -hmm. into high gear. That's right. And um, the ethical skeptics key inflection point that he noticed in his data was <clears throat> MMWR week 14, which is that uh, April 20th, I think it is. Um, that was when all of his metrics turned and really started to skyrocket. And when I looked at vaccination rates by, uh, I think it was day or week, that was also the same week that, that um, peak vaccination occurred. So you had the most number of people getting shots in the arm every single week, right in that same time period. And I think enough time had passed to where these people, you know, they take the shot, it, it causes starts causing problems they go to their doctor the doctor eventually reports it and eventually it gets rolled up into these systems and you know like also while watching did you, i don't know if you saw the dell big tree interview where he had neil degrasse tyson i, I did on. see someone clip that out oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was an absolute slaughter mm. i loved it mm. um he really like just kept pushing this whole idea of consensus and everything's fine and it's i, I kind of lost my train of thought um, well it, it's, it's appeal to authority of of the mm -hmm. scientific establishment that they they have all the answers and you peon need to sit down and not question your masters when they they make these life altering decisions for you and they, and they they may not have forced anybody to get the shot but they certainly use coercion yeah. when you're threatening someone's job you know nobody was held down and forcefully injected except for the sort of, you know, the adults that had uh developmental disabilities and so forth the sheriffs went out and forcefully injected them but i mean most people it was they wanted to travel they wanted to go to college they wanted uh to keep their job and uh yeah it's just you have to recognize what these people have done it was the cdc that was pushing these mandates it's the cdc that's publishing these this these data sets and i've always seen you know over the last couple of years when i was reporting on all these studies <laughs> and so forth every time we looked at a cdc study it seemed to like vary from the israeli data or the british data the uk data by like 10 to 20 30 percent range and it was always in favor of their narrative so i've i'd always been pretty suspect of what they were reporting and i think 
Well, I mean, there's a lot, there, there's the disinformation component. I think there's absolutely people out there that are getting paid to sort of push these shots. I mean, you had that Brooklyn guy talk about uh, Bud Light. He put out a tweet about Bud Light saying they haven't lost any value and it's a big fail. And, and then the news comes out a couple hours later that it's like $8 billion loss. <laughs> that wasn't to like trick the, the, the Republicans or the Bud Light drinkers that are abandoning the brand. That was to propagandize his followers so that when they hear the $8 billion figure, oh, that's misinformation. Oh, they're making stuff up again. They're planting these seeds. So you have that component. But then I think there's also a lot of doctors who have just, they they went along and they, they injected people and they advised people to take this shot. And now they don't want to admit it. And they, they're also not willing to consider the fact that the people who push these mm -hmm. mandates who would be responsible hey, for, you know, what they've done hey, for, have every incentive, have every motive to cover this up and make this thing go away. Oh, yeah. So like that is also off the table for discussion. And it's like they, they and, and that's where I just had them talking in circles because I, I, you know, went toe to toe with some of these guys uh, over the last week. Some of the big accounts on Twitter that are the truthers that get to the real truth, right? And that's that the vaccines are 100% safe and effective and the side effects are rare and so on. Is that they would constantly go back and cite CDC data. And I'm like, yeah, but the CDC data is suspect. Can you tell me why they did this? Can you tell me why they started switching these? Uh, these de de causes of death, why the R codes started filling up and ha haven't been getting cleared. Can you address any of these concerns? Because that's the data that you're citing. And, and the response to that is usually, well, it's fake. He's making it up. And it's like, okay, now you're telling me this professional who runs a consulting company yeah. that works with governments and big corporations is, is just decided he's going to throw all that away and lie over over covid it just it just doesn't add up yeah and but you know this is this is in an environment where um, we know that they had specific mechanisms in place and just look at the event 201s and you know the mm -hmm. whatever operator watching dark winter all these spas there's another one right that just um drill down on this issue and i was speaking about it yesterday that the uh, who World Health Organization are um, looking to shut down what they quote unquote call disinformation, and the uh, the the simple fact is that they've well, apart from my own just personal <laughs> disgust at that sort of Bolshevik like. <laughs> thinking it is um it's a very very bad harbinger for how things are going to progress and you know the and what we've what we've found was you know so when when i began speaking publicly my issue was they're telling you that this is a respiratory disease um it's not it's a disseminated systemic coagulopathy that has very, very significant impact on the central nervous system of those who are um, susceptible. 
or at risk. And the, the problem is with uh, an issue like neurodegenerative disorders, the the mechanisms can be somewhat opaque. We just yeah, the, the simple fact is is to, it, it, it's a very much a black box system, and we're yeah. you know, there, it has been progress. I mean, when I started my professional career. Um, yeah, we were, we were, I can look at it and say we were very much in the dark ages back then. And, you know, the, well, I can, you were going to say something or? Yeah, like I still, that's still my view on all of this. Uh, because like, I look at the, um, what are they, the, the, slides i guess that uh, where you just take a sample and put it on a slide and put it under a microscope for the staining and so forth i mean forget the term for that yeah yeah um and and i see like dr ryan cole and others describing what these little things are and i'm just like i i know there's a reason for why they're saying that um at the same time i'm like this seems so vastly more complex than what they what the current understanding is and like i, I elon musk put out a tweet about hey, I, think, I know I some people aren't going to like this but mrna technology is the future with the potential to handle a lot of diseases and i think that's probably true but we are like toddlers you know i use the the analogy put a toddler in front of a watch with a hammer and expect watch repair to occur it's it's just I don't think we're there yet. And I don't think we even understand all the ramifications that like, you know, you and Walter and others are, are slowly sort of figuring out as this stuff kind of comes along. I, well, just that's it. so let's just to sort of fill people in as, as to some of the work that you're talking about. So you mentioned Ryan Cole and another very, very important figure is Professor Arne Burkhardt in Germany. Yes. and essentially what they've done is take these um sudden adult death cases and have done a proper um autopsy and path exam and what they find is that uh, in critical organ systems they find uh, a signal for spike protein with when you tag it with basically you use antibodies and it's sort of like a dual system so you have one antibody that will stick to your protein of in, uh, interest and then another antibody with like a sort of reporter um molecule essence yeah something like okay. biotin or yep usual or some uh fluorescent marker and this is why you see these very um vivid looking images right where they'll be like bright green mm -hmm. Right. That's the ultraviolet immunohistochemistry, and it's it's a um, it's a gold standard in in biology and neuroscience, etc. And you know, I put a lot of weight behind that particular um, methodology. Now, look, it's not hundred percent perfect, but. Yeah. Yeah. People, not the best we've got yeah I, I i would say so and the oh. issue is is that they find spike protein but none of the other 
peptides or proteins that you would expect to find and one of the primary ones that they'll look for is the nucleocapsid um, protein and um, it's not there and so there's two conclusions you draw from that either they're incompetent with doing the staining and as they're able to uh, time after time tag the s protein but no n, n pro or yeah, so they're competent because they can get the S protein signal, but yep. the um, the N protein that you would expect if it was a virus is not there. Now, I, I looked at a bunch of papers this week and last week where they they do they do do that and they find uh, viral peptides in places of concern where which I was trying to raise right from the beginning that um, in the case of the virus itself they're finding them in these particularly the midbrain regions in the substantia nigra pars compactor which is your the concentration of dopaminergic neurons that you know as you lose them end up in michael j fox has sort of been coming up in the last 24 hours a lot for me and yeah you end you end up looking like that and you um potentially will see an increase in what's generally termed early onset um parkinson's now you know i had i had a question yesterday as to why why did michael jackson uh not michael jackson uh michael j fox um why did he um develop in the way that he has done and why why has he survived um for the length of time that he's been around and of course he gets the very best in medical care he runs a research or he's head of a i say he's run he's he's the figurehead of a very very um well endowed um, research foundation that feeds money mm -hmm. into parkinsonian research but you know, I made the point that when when he became Parkinsonian, this was you know you have to look back into the eighties. A long time ago, yeah. yeah. And th it was at this time that we discovered the neurotoxin MPTP, and MPTP was a it was a result of them trying to make pethidin which is a synthetic opioid and okay. it just it got the chemistry a little wrong and this particular molecule popped out and then we had a whole series of cases hang on a minute i've got the the big the skype call good um oh, don't worry about it people probably Um, um let, I, I let him stay home today and uh oh, no worries. <laughs> just, <laughs> the I forgot what I was saying. Oh yeah, MPTP. And um that you have to ask yourself, you know, especially back then, how much was it and it, he was in the sort of geographical locale of where that molecule was discovered. And there's a whole um case series of uh, IV drug users who developed a Parkinsonian-like syndrome. But because of the 
it's very, very specific dopaminergic neurotoxin. It leaves all other systems intact. It just blasts out your um, dopamine and um, you, if I describe it in monkey terms, you can hit a monkey very hard with this molecule. They'll be definitely, definitely sick and Parkinsonian, but if you, if you maintain them and look look after them long enough they'll they'll get functional recovery back and they don't they don't go down on the degenerative trajectory that you would normally see with uh typical parkinson's so if i if i had to hedge my bets i would say his was probably exposure to neurotoxin that would have been circulating around illicit drugs at that time um Uh. Okay. De- decades, decades oh. ago. Now, you know, this is just my own um, personal analysis and experience. Um, but it's very, very different to the um, canonical neurodegenerative um, state where you do get early onset Parkinson's. But these people, you know, they have a, depending on the form that it takes. So, there are two sort of distinctions. One is where you can respond to dopamine-like therapy. So they'll try to replace your lost dopamine with uh, something called L-dopa. And um, the others are non-responders. The non-responders get classed into and often display all the signatures for what's called multi-system atrophy and all these sort of mid-brain and uh, deep forebrain nuclei just begin um, dying basically and we don't we don't fully understand why that's the case but um, well the point I want to get to is that you know the papers that I was looking at um, what we see is spike protein in all these critical areas but there was a new a new vector into the brain and this was the finding that you could, in the marrow of the skull, you could find the little tag spike proteins, yeah. and you could find that they would essentially, interpretation of the data is that they would travel out of the marrow and via these little channels into the brain tissue. And what, what they found in this particular case was, again, we had these sudden adult death phenomenon occur but they weren't classed as covid and but they'd been tagged as had covid and recovered right and Mm -hmm. then over the next six months to a year they've gone and collapsed actually i'm I'm not being accurate about that data um because i had a question about um if they if there was a vaccination involved in that patient cohort it's not described in that particular preprint but the fact that the spike protein is persistent beyond the immediate cause causes appropriate in this in this case whether it's infection or transfection they are mm-hmm. they can find these specific in this case, it's spike protein. Obviously, that's where a lot of the action takes place. And in every, it's in the semen. I mean, I, I was I read that as well from Burkhardt. But it, it, it's the same with both 
virus and the gene transfection, right? This this is an important caveat that people yeah. need, need to get. And, you know, I, I can understand the frustration with people who are trying to, what they think is hold the consensus science, scientific line, which is that, um, yeah, the, the virus is problematic for, for, for people. For um, people too. Yeah, I just, I just want to add here, Kevin. So what I've been telling my audience for, I think, about a year now is that uh, spike is spike. It doesn't matter if you get it from uh, shedding from somebody that was recently vaccinated, if you get it from the virus, or if you get it from the transfection shots. Uh, it, it And I would say it's a scale. You know, you're scaling up as you go through those three options. That's a question I have for you. Do we know like a ballpark figure, um, how many how many Viron or spike in a typical infection versus how many spike yes, proteins that, that, are that, that work's been done. And um, so the the problem is, is about the reliability of the measures with such small amounts with respect to yeah. concentration per nanograms per mil, for example. Okay. Potentially picogram, and you know that one one of the first studies that was rang the alarm bells came from oh, what's the Mormon Brigham 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 Young Hospital, right? And there was a bunch of nurses where they were able to detect circulating spike protein, and you know what? Um, let me just go and deal with the. Um, no, no right, just, ign just ignore it, show. Just ignore it. Just close the door for daddy. I can go on about something if you need a couple of minutes. Uh, the, the thing is, I can't speak to them, and uh, okay. the wife has to do it. Let me just see who is calling. If it's the school, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> My, my, also... my computer reset, so that's why um... send a... There it is, yeah. You know, I also, one of the things I did while you're working on that, you, you had mentioned Ian Copeland and mm. one of his first tweets was that I interacted with him on was the two infants that died of neurological inju injury following the exposure to SARS-CoV-2 and like, they never asked the question, were the moms vaccinated? And uh, oh, I, I know that paper, and it was prior to vaccination. It's it's mentioned, it was. yeah, okay. it's mentioned specifically in the uh, in the study. Um, so, you know, that there is this issue, but you know, were we seeing a wave of microcephaly as reported in these studies? I think we would have seen that by now. Um, okay. Now, again, every. Every child lost is a tragedy, in, mm -hmm. my, in my view. But the, you know, the, the simple fact is, is that the, the children that have been lost to COVID generally had other 
conditions that would just predispose them to generally not having a a good time of it and um, you know may have been that and again spike is spike is spike no matter the source that a uh, a gene transfection approach wouldn't be the right right one to take and you know the okay Um, but you know, just to just just to speak to that point, um, you know, where where that data is really um, crystallized right now is that in these, and they'll admit it now that uh, boys, young men in particular, are at increased risk of myocarditis, and mm -hmm. there was in another recent study that showed in those that had vaccine-induced myocarditis, they had circulating spike protein detectable in their plasma. And mm. that, again, should ring alarm bells, right? And you know, I'm old enough to remember the, the swine flu vaccines and what happened in the, well, there's 2009, but there's also way, way back in the 70s where you know, they had 20, around 20, associated deaths that they would say 23 yeah. i think and then 56 by the time it was all said and done yeah i remember reporting on that yeah and that that initiated a product recall and mm. god damn telegram i swear to god is that so that and I, now you know like what we have going on today is I, I, Brittany Gavin, she's a vaccine injured woman in Florida. Her case was reported to the CDC. And the first time I checked in with her, it was it had, nine months had passed and they still hadn't turned over the records to the CDC for investigation. So, yeah. And the, the issue was the hospital was supposed to send the records to the, to the CDC VAERS team of 50 people, by the way. And of course, we know, you know, from DocuFoyas, thanks to ICANN, that they went on massive hirings where they had expected a peak of a thousand injury reports a day. And the actual, that was the, the baseline, basically. It peaked at like 4,000 and they had to go out and hire more staff and, the, you know, go over to the UK. What's happening there? They're having to hire more staff to process all the vaccine injury claims because they totally underestimated that as well. So, They've been wrong, you know, going all the way through multiple, multiple times. Not, and not, it's not just one time, and not just one place. And th th there's a reason why people just don't trust them anymore, right? Right. We we entrusted those people, and we gave them, you know, prestigious titles and positions as because they were supposed to be defending the public good, and mm -hmm. the. You know, as as we began to sort of unravel this shit show, the simple fact is that you know, I uh, early on, you know, of course, I went public very early on and said this is very likely as a lab origin, and yeah. we now know through the foyers, etc., that 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 is what they were thinking. They um, they gamed the 
publishing system, etc., uh, whether it be the proximal origins through with, um, again, straw man arguments, particularly when we know now that there is this massive industry with respect to biowarfare and its countermeasures. And right. the, the Occam's razor explanation for what we're dealing with and be, its best case scenario. Um, waifu is not happy. Um, not happy she just needs to I was sad while you're doing that mm. you know the doctors they trusted the cdc and you know same kind of situation there and they failed to to realize that the cdc had been weaponized against them and you know they were being gaslit by the agencies that they trusted as well so you know like did they do their due diligence not really because i figured it out and i don't have a medical degree but uh you know in, in a lot of ways i think they abdicated their trust to the officials and yeah, the of whole course system. look I, everyone's guilty of that right you know yeah. when i when i was sort of speaking publicly at the beginning because you know uh, well a lot of what i was doing was well one talking about it's likely a synthetic origin um mm -hmm. and two just coming out against the the no virus wankers, for better expression, right? The the Kaufmans, the Robert Youngs, the, yep. the the these people that were just again, you know, spinning people a line and literally made huge amounts of money by pushing that particular. And again, I I would look at it as a psychological operation because you know, okay. it, it's geared towards um, those who well. A, a conspiracy orientated i guess you know they don't they're suspicious of government messaging to begin with which you should always be suspicious of the government right mm -hmm. that should be your default position but i even i would say look there's a this has been peer reviewed we can take this as a sort of good good metric you know the uh, the impact factor of the journal etc the the organization that they've come from is usually a pretty good indicator that the job that you're looking at has been done pretty thoroughly or the data you're looking at not and the the problem is is that that facade began to crumble very very quickly right as we found people like peter dayzak scheming in the background you get yeah. all, essentially Nobel laureates and big name virologists to sign the letter to the Lancet saying, if you if you dare to go down the lab, you think it comes from a lab, you are conspiracy theorists. And and like I say, that um, that all that came out by a sort of foyer and um, showed how these people were linked and you know eco health. Uh, metabiota and again if uh, the if copeland's listening and i'm not going to call him dr copeland because he has no um publications out there first name and um look i don't care um what uh woke institute has decided to deign you with a uh, bit of paper 
saying that you, by their standards, got PhD. By by your peer standards, you've got to have a minimum minimum free publications. If you're lucky in your in your PhD years and you land a nature science paper with your, with your work, right? Maybe you can get get away with less than free but without free publications in the domain with your first name you can't call yourself a phd sorry doesn't work and no matter what fictive woke reality that you swim in and any self-congratulate masturbation that you engage in um doesn't change the fact that you haven't done the work necessary it's that simple and i'm gonna go off on a one here, but the, this is an example of how you've let woke ideology undermine the institutions where we were, where we had placed trust into them, and they've they've essentially just become hollowed out versions of themselves that have now been, um, like you say, weaponized by a corporate infrastructure as epitomized by public-private partnerships and the. Yeah. Who did the mask uh, study that recently, you know, was in the news? What was that organization? Oh yeah, I know, I know the one you're on about, but um, but basically, it's another gold standard. Um, yeah, publication. It's like it's all volunteer. They try and keep you know sponsorship and all that stuff out of it. Cochrane, Cochrane I mean, Review. That's what it's called. Yes, thank you. So they had been doing this study for a long time that found masks didn't work, and then uh, they add two COVID studies to it, and now all of a sudden this is crazy conspiracy theory, and you have the editors coming out without the authors basically overriding them, saying, "Yeah." they don't know what they're talking about mass work there's not enough evidence to prove masks don't work well wait a minute there's not enough evidence how did you prove the opposite of that that they do work mm. so it, it's so clearly like i read that and i said to my audience clearly uh these people have been compromised and then i find out the background is uh years ago they got one point something million dollars from bill and melinda gates they do a study on HPV and find, oh, it's great. It's going to, you should definitely get it. It's safe and effective. And the Cochrane, the guy who invented, put the whole thing together, he dissented from that, got voted out. So they kicked him out of his own organization. And now here we are with mass work. There's not enough evidence to prove that they don't. And we're going to override the authors who are pissed about it. So it just shows you how, uh, you know, like look at Pfizer, they, their, their marketing budget, their advertising budget is $2.3 billion a year. That's not to advertise their drugs. That's to buy influence on these networks to make that check that they're writing every quarter or year or whatever. So significant that if CNN loses it, they're going to have to fire some people. So now they have some sway over at CNN and MSNBC and all the others because they're pushing so much of that money back out to them every year. So it's just, yeah, they don't, I, I almost feel sorry for some of these guys that just kind of get sucked in because they were going along with the crowd. Believers in the system. Look, oh, when you're young yeah. and naive and you have a, 
you know, you've worked hard to get into university and through university and, you know, um, science has a very, very strong public relations uh, infrastructure around it. And, you know, there's just an, you're a believer that that's how it works. And it's not until right. you've been in the system to see how it works that you realize, oh God, yeah, this is this is the same as any other corporate. Not what I was told. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I was just very, very fortunate in my career that because, you know, the, well, you know, of course I would do the Parkinsonian work because mm. that's where the money was, right? Uh, in research funding. But I didn't care about, I did it because I had to, but my interest was the um, childhood diseases, neuropsychiatric, that type of thing. Very, very difficult and nebulous conditions that, like again, when I started my career, just there was arguments about even if there was a sort of biological, neurological, physical correlate of these disorders that we could we could pin down and you know that's part of what i did which was just to map those circuits and say yeah you you um push the circuit in this particular direction and boom out will pop uh, something that's akin to obsessive compulsive disorder uh tourette's etc and yeah we, we could map those circuits um very very precisely and again the methods have have taken a quantum leap um in one second what's up yeah, I, 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 I've seen. Um, just, just write to mummy for daddy. Just tell her you're okay. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, I was talking. Oh, just the evolution of of the methods right now. Hmm. Um, but the, the there are still limitations, and there are still conflicts of interest, and there are massive conflicts of interest coming into play in the current environment particularly again this is what people need to get into their head right now that what happened was as a result of this bio warfare research programs and the countermeasure industry right mm -hmm. it, it, it's that simple and if if people want to get a good handle on the thinking behind the scenes i would encourage people look for a podcast called 80,000 hours and there, look for the stream done with, quote, Your the, no, no, the Honorable oh, Andrew C. Weber, who was okay. a, um, friend Mark called him like the Indiana Jones of the uh, weapons of mass destruction um, networks. And what he would do basically was sort of go and, you know, like after the shutting down of the, or the collapse of the Soviet Union, was going and securing all these missile silos in places like Ukraine, etc. And, you know, this is why, you know, Ukraine is, has a very pivotal uh, role in this um, larger scheme of complex interconnecting data points that people need to wrap their head around and you know maybe we'll, we'll get to that they, in a they were biolab central i mean do i have that right yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, particularly. I mean, that's what the Russians were worried about. They, like, I remember covering the Russian ambassador's speech. I believe it was to the UN talking about the drones that they found. They pulled up to one and they're burning this huge pile of documents. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? Then we find out, oh, Hunter Biden's involved in some of the, these labs as well. And it's just like, it seems like that was sort so, of so, uh, so Hunter, central Hunter Biden is a lightning rod, but the important thing to get into people's schema of what was happening there was the funding of um, defense-related industries like Black and Veatch, and also the role, again, of what are CIA front operations for these um, pursuit for these agents and again talking about biowarfare most people are going to sort of imagine that there's this oh you know a uh, uh, super pathogen that's going to come in like an uh, i don't know a super spreading airborne ebola that spreads like measles um no that's not what they're interested in what they're interested in is something called incapacitation right and what these what these labs are doing is and they call them um up ob- ob- Observatories, etc., and they're they're there looking for diseases within environments where potentially the military would have to operate, where they can pull the genetic signature, the meta genome signature of the biome and virome of a region, mm-hmm. tweak it. So it's very, very difficult to point to it as a offensive type weapon, and the and at the same time you work on the countermeasure to it. And should you get into a situation where you have to send in your special forces, battalions, whatever, um, you can. And again, I would sort of look at the figures that we see around. Um, long hauler, that type of condition, which again is a central nervous system condition. It's a primarily uh, chronic activation of uh, microglia in the brain. And the if you can knock out 30% of a operational battalion and the rest of, you know, long term. And, and it falls apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and you've got the countermeasure to it, um, whether that's you know some sort of um, immunoglobulin type uh, affair or you know, whatever fusion inhibitor. Yeah, that... could, okay. yeah. Fusion inhibitors is a great example, and you know because that's what they were using in Wuhan, supposedly. Yeah, yep, yep. they, okay. they they had uh, and they even published very quickly that they had uh, new fusion inhibitors, but this was something, and again, something Charles Rixey just does such an eloquent job of explaining yep. and showing that, oh, even our scientists knew about the fusion inhibitors, and mm. um, you can go to virological uh, in the, their discussions early on, and uh, Bill Gallagher, um, who said that, yeah, f- fusion inhibitors, peptide fusion inhibitors are the... Um, sort of gold standard but um that gets removed from you know all the public facing documents and the only the only countermeasure that really gets pushed is 
vaccines, but not a classical vaccine as people would understand it, but a technology derived from gene manipulation. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's there are many, many different types and, you know, those who are, would want to be critiques, let's say, if they sort of just say, oh, you, you're not altering germline, so therefore it's not genetic engineering, etc. That's all bullshit, right? And we, we can even track the changes where they've made these definitions to um, things like what is a genetically modified organism. And I can tell you that even, even doing something like a mRNA lipid transfection of a uh, specific peptide. If I was doing that in a monkey, that gets classed as a genetically modified organism and that gets treated differently. It goes down a different track within the institute and the uh, the disposal of tissues is treated differently, how you handle the animals is treated differently and suspiciously these all, all these definitions have changed in 2019 in the EU and the all just prior to this particular outbreak and these mechanisms being brought in. And th th this sort of brings me back to, I, I was talking about Andrew C. Weber, where mm -hmm. in this podcast, what he's, he, he's giddy. Giddy as he's telling the host that we've solved the existential crisis of biological warfare because of these new platforms, because they can essentially be scaled so quickly right um that's that's the type of thinking that was going on in these networks and again these are all very military orientated um i don't know how you would encompass it more to include like intelligence agencies deep just deep state permanent government that doesn't care what <laughs> what puppets are are doing for the populace on the nightly news and right. they are uh, has a mind of its own and people don't realize that you know they think i didn't well, catch the first thing you said sorry i said the the bureaucracy have a has a mind of its own and people don't realize that they think if we pass the right law that they're going to interpret it the way we want and not the way that they want and that's just not how it happens they go off and do what they want and they realize these politicians they're just renters. They're going to be, they're going to come and go, but we'll be here the whole time. And there's a lot of stories of like us presidents fighting back and forth with the bureaucracy because they're not really in control of them. And they do have sort of a mind of their own and desires of their own. And yeah. that's before you even get off into the, you know, the whole breakaway civilization has a group of these guys gotten together and, started taking some of this stuff for themselves and keeping it out of the public eye and using it to their advantage. And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to with all of this bio warfare that's been going on. Yeah. Inca and in incapacitation and the, but there's another um, side to this data, which is the corporate desire to engage in, essentially you could think of it as gain of function of just biology in general, where they think that they're going to be able to augment biology and uh, for their, for their particular um, goals. And, you know, that could be. Yeah, what does that look like? Well, you know, are, are we, is the technology at that point yet? And the, mm. 
I'm not sure it is, but again, I don't know what's going on behind, you know, when you've got organizations that essentially just have unlimited resources. Billions of dollars, yeah. That, that, I mean, numbers don't don't matter, right? They can just pull pull what they want out of the systems that they control. And it's, it's I, I just think of it as yeah, it's an infinite resource that they can pull on. And, you know, the... And you have to realize too, I think, that Fauci, when he did the whole HIV scare, that netted, I think it was 10 to 20 billion for his organization. That That's 10 to 20 billion that he gets to turn around and hand out to all his buddies for the, the science, right? And it, it's gonna be the science that he thinks the direction the science needs to go. And now with COVID, they've ramped that up into the hundreds of billions of dollars now. So it's going to get even worse than it was before. Yeah. And, and just centralizing everywhere. I mean, the hospitals are another example where they've really taken autonomy away from the physicians and are telling them, you will treat it like this. You will not, you will do this. You will not do that. And if you don't toe the line, you're out of here. Yeah. And you know, that's uh, a lot of it is a consequence of liability protection, right? So they, they have to say, this is our SOP. You do not deviate from this SOP. And so long as they can say that there was no deviation from what was the accepted criteria, then actually they're off the hook in most cases. And the, the SOP is what the CDC gives them. And, and and I would say what they're rewarded for. So they're, you know, 150,000, if they br bring somebody into their hospital and COVID kills them somehow, miraculously, despite all their treatments, they're cashing in in every step of that process. And, uh, you know, Houston Methodist, uh, uh, Mary Tally Bowden revealed they made, I think it was just under $150 million from COVID yeah. from the government. And it's just like, wow. Yeah, that's that's a hell of an incentive right there. Yeah. You have to fire a few doctors to, to get that money. Let's go ahead and do that. You know, that's what they're thinking. Yeah, and I, I, I like to point people towards um, Japan because there wasn't that incentive there, right? It, it was, it's always been very difficult to get PCR, etc., and, and for those for those that think that there was no issue to begin with, okay, and you can see the progression um, through time. Pull that up for ah, people on Twitter can't see it. So, um, but you can see that you know, they have a small initial increase well, in cases yep. and deaths, and then. They go through eight waves. They've just come off their eighth wave. And the eighth wave was the most deadly, I guess, for one, one of a better expression. And mm -hmm. the um, there's no monetary incentive with the hospitals or the insurance here to play that game of putting look, there were hospitals, hospitals and stuff in Japan was literally just turning people away right because they didn't want to they didn't want to be categorized as they've taken in a covid patient so they could maintain their sort of normal operations but we like I say we see this escalating uh, increase in uh, cases and all cause mortality and you know whether another one is coming I don't know I hope not um you have to ask yourself how much the um 
vaccinations had an impact because Japan is, uh, yeah, well, perfect example. Um, the I've got it up on the screen right there. Yeah, and what the, you're describing. Um, Japan is like number two in the world with respect to vaccine uptake and rate. Right, I think the only other country that beats it is um, Singapore. And that's that's basically just a city state as a as a country, right? So very very easy to and very authoritarian, um, but it's uh, on its operating principles. But um, that there is de facto evidence of those interventions, those countermeasures, not working in this instance. You don't need any, like Japan is about the cleanest data you can get at the moment. And, you know, this was uh, you know, talking of clean data. I, I, I don't think it might have been you. I can't remember, but someone was bringing what up. Would the, <clears throat> like, what would the skeptics say about the Japan? If, if I put this in front of them, what do you think? I don't like, know. Because I mean, here I'm it's looking at Japan. It, can't can't trust it. It's not CDC. <laughs> that's oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's probably what you'll hear. Or it's not my country, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, look at Sweden. Well, mm. okay. No, I want to talk about Japan right here. Mm. They took these shots. They they bought into this thing, and they had typically what we see is decreasing levels of severity as it kind of goes endemic. I think and. Yeah, you know, it's just something everybody deals with and it becomes more like a common cold, but that's obviously not what's happening here. Yeah, there, there, there's something else going on, which again, you know, would pull us down the biowarfare avenue, right? And this is this is where I really get into it with people because um it's about understanding that there are surreptitious disease mechanisms which can potentially be leveraged now and that is prions and right? proteinaceous mm -hmm. infectious particles problem is is that most people just think prion disorders refer to prions you know, the prion protein which was a canonical disease that was identified um around well i say it's 1980 pros posner um you know, we, as we've become more sophisticated, we we understand that it's essentially a disorder of protein misfolding, and these misfolded proteins essentially cascade and can essentially exponentially increase as they come into contact with like proteins and cause them to misfold. And these these seem to be implicated in multiple neurodegenerative disorders, and that is the pinnacle of incapacitation and fits within the regulatory frameworks of biowarfare because it's not instantly lethal and the cause of death is delayed long. yeah for, for the the time is far usually from exposure to um point of death but incapacitation can occur very very early particularly as the technology has evolved so that such that they can they realize that um particularly viral peptides 
have this pre-energic capacity. Right? They, they're finding ever more creative ways to uh, fit them in to these disorders. Uh, sorry, to these uh, agents that they're, again, it is a massive multi-billion dollar a year industry that there are it's huge organizations sucking the resources out in the power money and control game and so kevin like are we are we at war with other countries and this is warfare playing out was this an accident um, are they just trying to depopulate the planet because AI is coming in, robotics and so forth, and we're not going to need all these useless eaters? So to well, speak, what, what's happening? What do you think? I, I would put it into we're seeing the 21st century's attempt at instantiation of Bolshevism and central control. Only this time they think they've got it right. There's, yeah. There's a, you know, it was too divisive, the... the lumpen proletariat versus the bourgeoisie because you know people always wanted to sort of strive to get into that that um middle class i guess and um but what they've cottoned onto is that everyone everyone needs access to medical systems and once they can get you into those systems then they can get you under their you know, these next generation surveillance systems, the internet, bo- internet of bodies and internet of things, etc., and web 3.0. This is where you're going to see the neuroscience and psychology weaponized again as they um, engage in um, nudging. Um, I think that's a euphemism that should actually just be dropped in favor of just kicked and shoved in particular directions as they want to again um commoditize every aspect of your existence and mm-hmm. the the issue is is and, and talking about this a lot yesterday which is you know that people don't realize that they they do under current instantiation you have the right to say no to these um corporations right as a sovereign human being right but the, they just trick you in to the to the contractual process right and that's that's what they're doing and it's their it's their next rude goldberg debt machine that they've got lined up that as this well, one is it, and that's that next paradigm is the cbdc mm-hmm. where you know they they have absolute control they can ex, they can give you money and then if you don't spend it kevin we're going to expire it at the end of the month and they take it right out Oh, and the speeding camera caught you speeding on the A10 on the way home last night. We've already debited that from your account. You were out past quarantine, so we're going to have to fine you. We've taken, we've withdrawn that fine from you. And uh, you know, when you try, when you try to donate to WikiLeaks, they're they're a suspected terrorist organization. So we're going to have to put you on a watch list and deny that transaction. I mean, that's the kind of totalitarian um, dictatorship that they're they're pushing us towards and it's no coincidence that like as the covid narrative dies and and really starts to fall apart that they jump ship and now it's all about esg and green and uh, climate change giving people like copeland uh, (laughs) the pretense of having a, a doctorate 
and he doesn't uh-huh. right yeah <laughs> scribbling scribbling down a <laughs> quote unquote thesis which he probably did in fucking crayon um doesn't uh, d- does not a uh, doctor make you i'm sorry uh it's just not that when when he's published a bunch um then people should be listening to him uh, about anything other than if he wants to talk about no viruses great uh have at it bro um anything else he's way out his fucking depth right and i'm waiting <laughs> he can come on anytime and speak to me if he wants but uh, I guarantee you this, it will not go well for him. It will not. And I'll, I'll slap him about there. He, he won't know his ass from his fucking elbow. And he's, all of them. And there's that other gobby little bitch that um, is always sort of part of his little deviant crew. So one's like a tranny faggot um <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> yeah, but I ain't nice, bro. Not nice. That's that's why I was able to get what where I did and what I did and how I did it. Right? I'm I'm not nice in that domain. Now I can be nice, but when I see BS like you were, like they put you through as you tried to explain to them, explain to them and lay out things like, hey, they gamed the uh, R codes right yeah. now. We're seeing sustained excess death that, quote unquote, is not COVID related. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing it. You've got to explain it. And they, they don't want it. And they don't want to, They do not want to question the fact that they got suckered in. Suckered in by saying that gene transfection is equivalent to the classical okay. understanding of vaccination. That's right. And Fauci, you know, that was one of the things that I caught on to early on. He went on with some comedian, a, a, I think a Hispanic comedian that was an influencer where they were trying to, you know, win over the younger crowd. And they brought up, well, you know, how do you know that these things are safe? And Fauci's talking point was, well, the the injuries occur within this many days, and we monitored for twice that. And I mean, I don't even think it was a month. Uh, so therefore, it's safe. And it's like, well, but you're comparing apples to oranges here because these don't work like the traditional vaccines. The traditional vaccines don't have this toxic lipid nanoparticle. So why are you even making that comparison? Somebody literally used that talking point an hour ago with me. And I'm just like, you you can't be serious. How do you want me to take you serious when you're saying the side effects occur within seven to 14 days? That is nonsense. You know, that, that might be true for traditional vaccines, but that's not what we're dealing with here. Yeah, and it's just they, they won't acknowledge that. Yeah, very much so. And there's just a, another layer of complexity that's been thrown into this diabolical mix, which is um, the observation that the plasmid, I guess, we'll use the language mm-hmm. that they used, that they used as in, in the expression system to make uh, these new new approaches is being found at levels way that, that look there's no there's no safe level of being exposed to sv40 promoter particularly in uh dna form because it um it can be taken into the 
the host genome so easily. Um, I wanted to ask you about that because I know the other Kevin is trying to to um, figure out like how much is actually circular DNA versus fragmentation, um, and then there was also discussion with when I'm going back and forth with the um, the pro vaccine crowd. Let's call them. They were saying that there's not very much transfection that is actually occurring because you know, these things are being bumped down the the vasculature and the chances of them binding is, is slim before they get picked up by um, a, one of the organs and, and basically filtered out. What do you, what, what do you think about that sort of retort? I think it was, so, okay, let me, I, I want to check if it's actually uh, published. Okay. Delve into my. Uh, I'm going to uh, grab a drink real quick. I'll be yeah, right back. Yeah, sure. So um, there's been, uh, well, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but the, um, I want to say it's Denmark um, that basically showed that there's uh, all, like 70% of adverse events was associated with, I don't know, like 4% uh, of the lots. And the... I know what you're referring to. Mm. I, 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 I'm not sure if it's a full published report or not. I, like I, said, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to look at it. But again, I'm seeing uh, these. I'm presuming it must be my my email is uh, <laughs> just a shit show, dude. Um, <laughs> I, I I ain't gonna find it. <laughs> <laughs> Since I last lit, there's hundreds in there. Um, the but you go to how bad is my batch, and that's I, I think the number I quote is like five uh, percent of the lots account for eighty percent of the injuries, something like something along those lines. There's definitely bad batches, and you know, a year and a half ago, I was talking to Christy Grace before she ever uh, came out and did any podcasts or anything, and that's what she was telling me she's like sam i'm going through you know she talked about a filtration process that it the your mrna goes through with these little hooks on the side that are supposed to catch some of the contaminants some of the things you want to filter out or filter in kind of thing and at the end the result that we get in the lab is just it's not consistent and so when when Kevin came out with his findings about all the trash that's in there and how it's above the the European thresholds required. And of course, that's the orders of magnitude in mind. Wasn't a couple of percent threshold, but they increased to get it under there, and it still didn't meet there. I wasn't the least bit surprised to hear that because well, it's actually, know, actually, there's two issues there that you brought up, and they're slightly different. Okay. So one is the um expected contamination or the threshold for contamination for these plasmids that are used for constructing the RNA in your expression system of choice, right? That's one issue. And the other was the active ingredient per se, which is in this case is RNA. And they, they were expecting, they set an initial threshold of like 80% 
and they just weren't getting that in the uh, mass-produced batches, so they lowered it down to 50%. And the yeah, this this is a case of how they um, they blew up the system basically. And like I say, I think a lot of suspicion needs to be placed onto this. Well, again, I, I I refer people to Andrew C. Weber, Honourable Andrew C. Weber. Go listen to him on eighty thousand hours and how ecstatic he is that they think that they can uh, they've they've solved it. Bio warfare is no longer uh, an issue of concern, and you know that's that's someone who is not scientist and doesn't understand again the surreptitious disease mechanisms like uh, amplification of pre-energic mechanisms in a complex organism and this is um I, I, you know uh, a lot of the question i have to ask myself is was there no one in the meetings who who would have thought about these particular issues it's obvious they knew enough about so they know sv40 so uh, this for people listening is just refers to simian virus 40 and that's just the number for which they identified it when they were doing this medical primatology and uh, please go and see the discussions i've had with saint nick um, he lays out the anthropology um perfectly and they knew about that. That's why that's why that was in there with respect to the um, expected levels that they would allow with respect to contamination. Yep, that's the podcast. I, I encourage. Yeah, I just want to put it on screen for the audience to see. Yep. And it's there in the title, Rendering Bioweapons Obsolete and Ending the New Nuclear Arms Race. And it's all because they think that they've got it sussed with these mRNA platforms. Uh, the the issue is in its current instantiation you're sending around this highly labile particle that can again traverse um barriers right and you know this this is why there's this question about which which is worse infection or the mm -hmm. the vaccine now i would say most young and healthy people you you want to rely on immune barriers, right? Trust trust nature before you trust a corporation sticking in a untested technology into your arm and hoping for the best. Now, I I would understand potentially people that we were <laughs> we were supposed to care for, right? Those who are a little infirm, mm -hmm. etc. That maybe an exception could be made in this particular instance, and you know the aged maybe. Um, could have had mRNA or whatever, you know, denovirus trafficked uh, genetic material into their system. You know, they've, they've done their bit, and maybe we can prevent this particular um, cause of death from emerging. Uh, I, you know, thinking back, I could have, I, I could have swallowed that as a approach to take, but no, they had to take it to everyone and now it's even babies in the u.s who are it's on the vaccine schedule now and mm -hmm. that that makes no 
no sense in my mind from an ethical perspective. It makes it makes sense, a lot of sense for, for if you're Pfizer. Mm. You know, well, think think about Pfizer. Think about um, the weapons industries. This, mm -hmm. this is how people have to look at everything that we're dealing with. Once you once you look and understand that particular paradigm, and you've got those lenses on that are adjusting your vision in that particular domain, everything will drop into place for you. And you. So is the um, sort of supposition I think that like I'm hearing you put forth is uh, the bioweapons industry is really trying to set up a system where they would be able to maybe uh, deploy things that they wanted or experiment on certain groups that they want. I mean, is that kind of where you see it heading? Yeah, for sure. I mean, but once where people are just used as guinea pigs in their in their bioweapons research. So we've you know we've seen um, tells of that direction already coming and there was an article in science a few months back but they're trying to stop um, basic research on things like non-human primates and um, animals in general but especially you do, yeah um, and you know that's a somewhat laudable um, aim but the thing is that, that those those little hairy bastards, right? I said, look, I love them, right? But if you don't use them, they'll use you, particularly mm -hmm. if they think that they've, they understand all the potential pitfalls, right? And so yeah. in their mind, they're thinking, well, you know, it's just lipid, right? You're full of lipid and it's just genetic material. So we can just fire away, right? And it, it'll it'll achieve the effect we want. And the we don't even have to put any adjuvants in, etc. It's all just um, basic ingredients, right? Carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, phosphorus. I said nitrogen, right? But the, you know that's that's how they were thinking. I would wager, and they, I don't know, they just weren't speaking to neuroscientists in this particular domain or um they they had a well you know, another agenda and you know as the weeks and months have passed the problem is it's just i find myself attributing ever more malfeasance deliberate malfeasance to their actions than um just the i don't know the normal what you would expect from corporations, mm -hmm. just incompetence the, and yeah. But, well, yeah, incompetence. Of course, that that's baked in, right? But the, just the just the oh, they 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 just want to make cash and money, yeah, right? Yeah. That, um, and no, I think I think what we're seeing goes a little bit beyond that, and um, yeah, and you know their their operational paradigm is well, it's for the for the common good, right? Um, Fauci's wife is literally head of ethics. The ethics person, yeah. yeah. Um, and wrote an article 
that all but stopped short of telling these corporations to push the mandates. I, I mean, you could tell she was walking right up to that line and peering over, but not crossing it because I, I covered that letter that, that I think was, I can't remember it came out from FOIA or something else, but yeah. I, I mean, the whole, the whole thing is just so corrupted. It, it's, and, and this is where, um, like I fault, I watched the whole Dell Big Tree and Neil deGrasse Tyson debate about science and peer review and all that. And I think both of them fail to really realize that we won't have that in the current paradigm of government funding science and, um, you know, government deciding the practice of medicine and government you know, having basically a monopoly over all these areas until we get that out, it does, you can, you can put the right people in, but as Lysander Spooner pointed out 150 years ago, they don't get to pick their successors. And, uh, you know, the politician making promises to you about what he's going to do that extend beyond his term are lies because he doesn't know if the, who's going to replace him and what their policies are going to be. And I mean, look at what, Biden did when he comes in stroke of a pen. He issues all these executive orders that wipe out all of Trump's executive orders. And now we're right back to where we were. So like suggesting that, uh, this beast can somehow be tamed and only used for good, I, I think is delusional thinking. And we have to, to start thinking about how do we do this outside of the government paradigm? The problem we run into is, oh, you're practicing license without a medicine, without a practicing medicine without a license, Kevin. So we're going to have to shut you down because you know, those paradigms of control are used uh, not just to push an agenda, but to maintain control as well and to prevent any kind of meaningful competition that would threaten the sort of uh, patriarchy, I guess, or, you know, the, the experts. Well, I, 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 I kind of view it a little a little differently, right? So right. I, we, we have to have a mechanism that can con contain the avarice of the corporate world, right? And in, in some respect, that was the job of government. And we, what we've done is blurred the distinction now with the public-private partnership, where right. um, government—well, governments—have gone into the corporation game. Have been for a while. If you want to go digging into the historical literature, but um, this—we um, need to wind that back, such that government is a distinct entity from what's considered legally a corporation. Right. And never the twain should meet in my mm -hmm. eyes, because we have to, we have to have teeth on being able to clamp down onto the and look, the US had a, you know, a brilliant system of sort of checks and balances. But again, as they shifted into the corporate space, they get um, brought away. Yeah. And subsumed and, 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 you know, people are essentially hypnotized by um well it's 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 just misdirection right that you know people assume this idea of country and you know Pfizer is uh, they're different right that they're, they're fundamentally different right because they you know different histories etc but no we're blurring all those lines and that um that's where the real real danger lies and now you know when you want to go and 
submit your complaint right as a citizen yes whatever subject if you're uh, got the yeah, piece, piece of shitty back slave wage slave yeah um the uh the well it, it, look it's it's a it's a very <clears throat> nuanced and complex discussion and i would i mean I, we we could i i would suggest sort of do that another time um okay. more, yeah, more yeah. focus on the the issues at hand which is the um essentially and again i these words came from charles rixie god bless him which is it is de facto biowarfare that you are involved with whatever whatever the circumstances we're in it right now okay so it just it, that's how you've got to view all these um particularly disparate events and particularly corrosive little um again in my mind it's the psychological iia type operations which again is another example of public private partnerships where people come out of the military they've been given a little algorithm you go off and then you're going to control this bit of the information battle space etc with twitter and you know well and that's well um I want people to focus on that, not get subsumed by this idea that um, viruses aren't real, right? You're, you're, if you're, there are people who will walk you through the evidence and walk you through the um, the, the arguments from sort of both sides and and what yep. would be the, the failings and. You know, just within people who are very suspicious at the moment is this idea that's got sort of pushed out by Jonathan Cooey of the um, infectious clone and trying to make out the gain of function is not uh, an issue to be concerned about, etc. And, um, you know, whether he's done it through someone's paying him or um, he's... Whatever it, it does, it doesn't matter. He might he might think he's doing it with the best of intentions. Um, people need to understand that infectious clones were baked into the idea of when people were objecting at the very beginning that this looks very much like synthetic biology at play. It, it's in all the paperwork. We, Thirty years ago, right when I when I started, there was very very in-depth discussions about what we should do about the consequences of being able to do this recombinant biology where you can take bits from one particular peptide and you can stitch them to another and that that was baked in it's not a new um paradigm or way of looking at, at the situation and the simple fact is you will never be able to test whether it was a point release versus um, multiple releases around the planet, you know, as he wants to argue that there's a sort of hot background because of previous lab le releases of SARS and just SARS being, if you want to believe that the original SARS was a um, completely natural phenomenon. But again, you know, there's um, there's whole, <laughs> whole, whole sequences in there that... Um, you Shouldn't. know, 
um, Jakey just reminded me of something that Jakey pointed out, and it goes back to the whole uh, flu um, deaths in 1800 during the pandemic. And he pointed, he, he made a comment that um, uh, Malone basically gave you a hint about this, that they didn't release a influenza strain that year. Um, and that, you know, I think the suggestion there was that they needed all the deaths they could to get to, to COVID to, you know, push that pandemic. And now all of a sudden it's back, but that they've been doing this since, I think he said the I can't remember if it was the 80s or 90s, um, in order to push these vaccines, the, the you know, get your get your flu shot. Yeah, and you know, the the sad fact is that much of the vaccine industry was um yeah, feeding off this uh biowarfare industry, right? It was considered a strategic um asset. And so and this guy this goes back to Reagan and um the objections to people who were getting vaccine injured at the time and um, they basically said look if we're going to just being held liable for adverse events which which do happen it's that you can't uh, anyone who tries to tell you differently is just uh, gaslighting you um you, you know there's debate as to the extent of the injuries etc but you know i think the us is a very unique case in that no country on earth has such an aggressive vaccination schedule as the US That's does. Right. And right. the what what why did they do that? Well they the government, again, this biowarfare industry needed these corporations to be able to mass produce uh, countermeasures. Right. And so it sort of opened up that space. And mm -hmm. you know, any any honest researcher would uh, working in that field would will tell you this, and the you know I don't want to look. Um, they basically they created a safe space. Yes, for this stuff to be developed and pushed out. Yes, without blowback or liability. Very much so. And okay. The you know that their primary concerns of course is like a sort of weaponized flu that's mm -hmm. that's why how much effort was put into flu vaccines now you know whether whether so you know the it, the issue that exists is that you can take um bird flu h5n1 and where there is actual zoonosis it hops from the I know, the farmer who's looking after his poultry. In those mm -hmm. instances, there's generally about a 50% mortality rate. And the question becomes, if there's a species jump made with H5, H5N1, and we're seeing that right now, it seems, we're seeing lots of different um, animals washing up or being found that have uh, died from bird flu is it going to have the same lethality and you know that question i don't know I, I, I where's the where's the publicly available data that would 
point to it having that lethality once you've done a, a chain of infection from one take a monkey for example one species to the next yeah well, well within a species so once it's within a species you know the the tendency seems to be that a virus will and so this is what most people focus on which is where you have the febrile state right where you just feel rotten and um mm -hmm. the um once in that state and you're infective say if then it maintains the level of so you say you've got 50 percent chance of surviving that contact does mm -hmm. that maintain 50 percent as you infect many people most viruses tend towards um more transmissibility less less sort of pathogenicity and right. which, which is kind of what we've seen with sars the problem with sars is that it has um, it's loaded with these amyloidogenic preenergic peptides that are um, are problematic and you know they're there in flu um flu can be a neurotropic virus as well and you know the when i was deep elbows deep in it you know we, we were trying to the, the, a lot of work was going into why why does things like parkinson's occur and you know the suspicion was that early insult via viral infection was a large factor in, in the emergence of the, you know a lot again it's environment your genes etc yeah. many it's multifactorial in its mm -hmm. um, in its causes and the what was the virus of concern and you know when i was again in there herpes was the big big target every everyone had a eye on sort of herpes and, and all, all of them whether it's epstein or um you get with chicken pox zoroaster like that um sorry it'll come to me in a second but um you know these are all herpes viruses and um the because they reside within central nervous system that they're causing some these um, protein misfolding to occur and then once once the protein misfolding begins you don't need the initial insult anymore because that's a self-amplifying process and mm -hmm. you know the i i think the sort of take home really is is that, that, that there are multiple pathogens and peptides of concern out there that if they get into the central nervous system eventually it'll take you out and, you know, look yeah and that's I, I just want to clarify i mean that could come from natural from infection with covid or that could come from the vaccine so we're, we really are all in the same boat it's a matter of I guess the, the critical thing is to minimize spike exposure and when you're infected, I think that's the value of like an, an ivermectin that's going to 
stop that process and let your body clear it before it gets in and spreads everywhere and does a lot more damage. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still, or? I'm still to be really, really convinced of ivermectin. ivermectin. Yeah. Okay. Um, and look, it's, you know, I can tell you, I can tell you, I was in, uh, New Orleans working the hurricane, had a guy test positive, um, he went to the doctor, got a COVID test, tested negative, tested positive for um, pneumonia, I think it was. And I was around him the day before, and then I started getting sick. And and I- pneumonia is just a diagnosis. So lots of agents can cause pneumonia, okay. right? It's just uh, what the what the actual causal agent is. So it could be bacteria, it could be viral. So... You know, like I've experienced this before. I started, I got sick for the day. I took ivermectin at the, I think it was three milligrams per kilogram dose. And the next day I woke up able to breathe again and cleared. I mean, it like, it knocked it out, whatever it was that I had. And I I would, I would say this, um, I'm, it's got such a wide safety profile. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a problem with people trying it um the same with hydroxychloroquine i'm Mm. a little more cautious about hydroxychloroquine because you just um it's it's a more dangerous medication generally and um but the with respect to sars there was published work in vitro that shows hydroxychloroquine via acting as a zinc ionophore will block Mm. the um the replication of SARS and again you know there's all those all these odd signals that pop up in the data like hydro, you know, one of the major uh, suppliers of hydroxychloroquine blowing up and I want to say that was in Taiwan uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just um, like what? <laughs> and the look even the CDC has ivermectin as a recommendation now this is this is the uh the how twisted things are and the i i would never say to someone and again i'm um a research scientist not a clinician right what you should be doing is finding a clinician that you trust and working through what you want as a treatment protocol for yourself mm-hmm. now look i get it that there are some people that if you um you might not have that luxury right you you're just going to get what the state ponies up for you and that's it but um you know just you should still ask and you should still get second opinions and you should you, you should do uh whatever you think um you need to get better, right? And under medical supervision, of course, you don't want to hurt yourself. But there's a, and again, this just shows how um, broken the systems are, which is, you know, the studies around hydroxychloroquine and the Sergisphere um, debacle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those that aren't familiar, you know, somehow this um, Sergisphere company opens up and they uh, they uh, 
handling and are involved in the, I want to say it was in the Lancet, the, the paper which just said no, no clinical benefit. And then, and then, you know, it turns out that there's some uh, fly by night operation that somehow managed to get their hands on the medical databases of all these hospitals around the world. And it was just, it just stinks. Right. Uh -huh. And this is the environment. And they didn't release their data as well. Mm, right. They, they, they refused to hand it over. Uh -huh. um, the, you don't hear uh, <laughs> retards like Copeland talk about that. Mm -hmm. right? they, will, they will duck and dive all the time and try to tell you vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Well, it's not a vaccine to begin with. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it has uh, the propensity to induce an immune response. But we're very, very far from what is a um, nailed on, scientifically grounded analysis of the data. Like measles and, you know, <laughs> those types of vaccines where they're taking sort of whole vaccine, you know, particularly the early forms and, um, doing sort of exposure as inactivated live virus, uh, inactivated mm -hmm. virus, except or attenuated live virus. Um, mm -hmm. They do seem, you know, I don't have an issue. Yes, I realize that people get hurt by them, of course. And then, you know, of course, there's a question about, you know, which, which do you do? And, you know, I know as a parent, it, it's a very difficult um, avenue to go down. And, you know, I, I went down the pathway of, um, minimal initially, right? So my daughter had minimal, so I didn't use combinations, vaccines, and everything was spread out, etc. And yeah, I wanted to do that with our daughter. Um, my ex-wife read the vaccine book, and we went over one by one the the risks and so forth. And like one of the MMR ones, I thought. I can't, I can't remember which of the three it was, but one of those I felt like she, she shouldn't get the risk of death is way too low. The risk of injuries a little bit, you know, it's, it's almost a wash. So why? And, um, and that should be all right. Yeah. That's but true. they, they take that away by bundling those up and not giving you that option. I, I mean, maybe they did, but I, I don't think we had that option. Um, I don't know. It's just, my middle child, you know, the uh, diphtheria, um, he, he came back drooling. And I was just like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, and, um, I, Another I, I, thing we did was delay the schedule. Mm. So we let our daughter get older before she had yeah. some of these shots as well. Which is what I did, because mm -hmm. you, you, you want wise. a baseline. Yes. Right? You want a baseline mm -hmm. of, of the child's state behavior, um, temperament to see if there's, and, there's... and I want natural exposure and I want, you know, th that system as developed as it can before anything starts getting injected into the bloodstream. Yep. Yep. And they, they gaslight people into thinking, you know, that you're wicked, horrible, uh, parents, should you question the the authorities on this and mm -hmm. question authority all the time. Your life mm -hmm. depends on it. 
right? It's it, it, that simple. And the... Again, this situation in which we've found ourselves, again, I, I find myself very much falling down the avenue of this looks very much not focused, premeditated malfeasance and with very specific goals in mind. And the we might not be out the woods. And Yeah, I don't think we are. I think, you know, 10 years, I think 10 years after 2031, 2030s really when we're going to start seeing 2020 on what this actually did. And, you know, there's a book, there's a guy out there that studies like population decline and what it does to societies, to countries and so forth. And I mean, it's, it's bad news that it's, you know, causes everything to cr- crash and basically lose their footing as one of the top dogs when the population starts to decline. Which is, that which is already... what we see right now with birth rates, right? Mm-hmm. And that, again, the, the pretards like Copeland don't want to go near that data, right? But mm-hmm. we're seeing it in multiple countries, right? Multiple countries that have good data analytics, right? Scotland, right? The birth, right? You know, signals triggered in one hospital inside of a few months Um, and Jackie is talking about uh, pre-impairment loss and how that's really just early miscarriages if I'm using the right term there Uh, and thinks that's what we saw in the thalidomide and that's what we're seeing now as well Mm. and you know it's it's it was already we were already in decline before COVID came along. Now we have this huge die-off that I think is going to continue either, you know, slowly accelerating or, you know, maybe it falls off a cliff at some point or, you know, who knows, maybe the human body finds some way to adapt to this, but I'm like you, I, I don't think it's anywhere near over. I think they're going to come in with some kind of new, um boogeyman you know sars this is sars cov 3 guys we know nobody expected this and really it's just more of the same um i wonder how many people are going to buy it this time around because well again you have you have to think multi-dimensionally on these uh, particularly in the biowarfare space and the you know how much did they really know in the weapons sphere with respect to impact on complex systems and you know the so there's a there's an issue around um what would be people want to say vaccine acquired immune deficiency right vades and what have you but again there's a there's a immune insult that occurs with the virus as well and again we have to look at these uh variable loop domains and the um homology with hiv and how they seem unusually long compared to any other all examples and you know again that, that that's a um, I mean, I could probably pull Charles and <laughs> he can just lay that out 
Uh, if you want, it's fine with me. Yeah. I mean, I, like I understand from my early days, they put a GP120 insert into the the spike, and this is what Jiki or, or uh, Akon Dr. Saeed found early on is that 19 nucleotide sequence and from the Moderna patent, and that forms into an effective uh, GP120, as I understand it. The placement on the binding sites, the whole uh, FCS is is highly suspect. Um, it, from everything I've looked at, and then and then later we learned that first it was I think the Indian uh, computer modeling where they looked prime at the enzymes that would break down the spike, and eight of those were prime candidates for misfolding into prions. Oh, was, you're talking about um, Hammerstrom paper of that um i think yeah i yeah. can't i don't remember the details of it but then another one came out that even you know looked even more blue. oh no so that, there was tets and tets which was essentially just a computational study okay. uh, which identified the prion domains and then mm -hmm. there was hammerstrom and nordstrom uh those norwegian names um uh that um basically showed that the spike protein yeah charles charles can just jump in let me okay. Just, um, do that, and the. Well, since I've talked with Charles as well. <laughs> have, have you spoke to him before? Yeah, he did a show with me. We covered the, the uh, DMED data. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of walked through how it's really Orwellian. They just went back and changed the past to make it look like everything's normal. Mm. Yeah. ration has increased by five percent. Kevin, aren't you excited? <laughs> well, I look. Again, there's uh, that there were issues on people sort of running with that data and yeah, saying know. that there was these I, thousands. I was one of those mm. guilty, yeah. And um, look, uh, Matthew Crawford did a really, oh, really yeah, it was Matthew. Matthew, and he he did a great job of sort of breaking down the maths of this data and um, the. Yes, there was a signal across many, many um, disease and conditions, and um, but it wasn't the numbers that uh, we would be expecting. No, that they were double or triple counting like visits. I think appointments. Yeah, yeah, yeah appointments yeah. versus patients. I mm -hmm. think issue. Uh, anorexia. How are you, sir? Hi, Charles. Um, I was hearing, I was hearing two of everybody for a minute. So, oh, okay, it's, uh, you sound good right now. So, uh, okay, there. Uh, Sam, I'm sorry, but uh, my my donation bar, which I need to change actually, um, is slapped no, on your no. head. So, okay. uh, well, I heard you wanted to you wanted to talk about HIV stuff. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, as we've got people in here, and I think maybe this might be. Uh, a good opportunity if people are in the spaces. What's the link for the space? Um, the, the what? Th th so Sam is doing this as a Twitter space as well, uh, right? Uh. So people people are listening in. And so perhaps what we could do is you can lay out, well, I would like you to do two things actually, <laughs> lay out the HIV um, issue let's call it that and uh the 30 
37, is it 37, 32? Uh, amino acid sequence that um, is just so problematic that just ticks all those criteria for um, a optimal, optimal biowarfare agent. Okay, so see, um, and, I, and I was listening to you guys, and you were talking about how um, we're seeing all of this, all these immune suppression, and all these autoimmune disorders, and all this other everything that goes along with the jab and with this, the wild spike. And so, first, I want to say that um, it wasn't actually Jicky who found. The nitronucleotide sequence. Okay. It was it was one of the authors of the paper. Actually, I, he was the first author in the paper, a guy named Bala Ambati. And and ironically, Jiki and I both were privy to a rough draft of the of the paper before it came out. I was actually privy to it first, but just kind of by just kind of by accident, um, because uh, somebody that that knew the authors was also part of our, our drastic group. And when we were working on the diffuse proposal, when we had we had received the documents, but we were writing out our own analysis of it so that we could release it with some context. Uh, during the middle of that process is when uh, this, this uh, connection realized Oh hey, I think this uh, this might have something to do with it because inside okay. the diffuse proposal, I just want to say people might be a little confused here because we're talking about we were talking about HIV, but you're specifically talking about the uh, patented um, sequence that Moderna. Has. Yeah, so I'm talking about the, because um, this Indian was well, he is Indian, but he's American. He was an ophthalmologist actually, and. As it happens, I, I did some background digging into him when, because we had to wait. When I got the paper and realized that it that it tied into the diffuse, like it it explained something that they stated as a goal that they wanted to do inside the diffuse project, and so I realized they were connected. And uh, Bala Ambati was or is. An ophthalmologist, he's, he's at, I think, the University of Oregon, but he also knows a lot about genetics. Mm. And as it turns out, when he was growing up, he was like a super genius. He He's actually the God, I hate world's... Those types. Uh, yeah, he's actually the world's youngest um, MD, like, ever. Oh, no he, he, was the, he was the youngest MD ever. Like, he was a literal Doogie Howser back in the mid-90s. And... Um, so he's 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 really thinking smart, but he's he's decided to be an ophthalmologist, but he's done some like genetic stuff on the side. And for whatever reason he happened to be the first person to like he, he was digging into this and he he found that connection and he realized that he he and um Adam Brufsky, who's at the University of Pittsburgh, were the two main leads on that. And Adam Brufsky had been the person who really kind of beat Bet Korber into to, um, IDing the the D614G mutation and the importance of it. Um, and that's kind of like a little segue, but that actually matters for this because 
that mutation um, uh, is actually tied to the the ability of this virus to infect T cells like um, HIV. So they would already put these inserts in there, but this natural mutation just occurred and it actually stabilized the spike protein more and made it even more effective at uh, um, okay. getting into your dendritic cells, which then will take this virus back to your, to your lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, all I, I, these I, I, people... I, sorry to interrupt, Charles, but I don't know if you've been sort of following um, everything I've been doing the last couple of days, but, um, you know, I'm, I've been looking at, like, microglia and, um, and they're seeing this again, multiple studies honing in on that being the um, primary insult to the central nervous system and microglia being type of immune cell in the central nervous system has a DC sign receptor on it. Right? And, of course it is. Ripe. That ripe fake. doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So. Well, and you know, and it, it also, what we've seen is that AIDS patients they get HIV, they do have neurological degeneration. So really that's basically what's happening is that even, even though there's other parts to this virus, I believe that the long term, the main factor in the long term is, is this immune suppression because that, that really feeds into everything else that is bad that it's because immune suppression will cause cancer and neurodegeneration anyway. But then in, when you look at the spike, it's designed to hit the immune system hard keep it down, keep it busy, and then over time, just overwhelm you with all those things. It's nasty. Charles, so, would you, would you say that's designed as kind of like a, with a depopulation goal in mind or is it to push this new paradigm where now all of a sudden we need mrna shots to cure everything and the pharmaceuticals are going to make uh hundreds of billions of dollars in the process well i a lot of people ask me questions like this i know because everybody's asking everybody these questions um i mean the way i look at it is that there's more than one thing happening here mm -hmm. and we don't know yet is what the, who the prime mover was and what their motive was. But we can set the, we don't have to just pick one because the reality is that there's a lot of people and organizations and things that are willing to exploit this crisis and they are. That's right. And, and I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's wise to just narrow down because, because even, even if they didn't create the virus, they're still, like the WEF may not have created it, but they're still exploiting it. You know, the, the Chinese are still exploiting it. The, well, I mean, we, I have no idea where I work committing suicide. So, but, but I, I tend to be open-minded and focus on what, what I can prove or where the, where the evidence is mostly leading. And, and what I can say is that it's not natural. They knew it wasn't natural. It was designed to be immune dysregulating in the long term and because anybody who was like weaker you know just like older or suppressed they were going to be easy to call to begin with mm -hmm. whether that's population 
may, may, I don't know. Maybe a better way yeah. is just management. It's population yeah. management because it sucks you into their their medical systems. And this goes back to what I was saying about the twenty. Yeah, absolutely. The Bolsheviks are here and they're wearing white coats this time. Right? Yeah, I think that's probably just based on what we're seeing. Unless okay. unless the the neurodegeneration, unless the VADES is is gonna get fifty percent of people in the next twenty years, then it's really what it was was just an incapacitating agent from someone. And it may have been our own it may have been the West against itself, it may have been China. I don't, I don't know, but everybody seems to be taking joy in it. So, <laughs> well, mm. it's kind of funny in a dark way. <laughs> it's just the whole shit show, dude. I don't know. I try. I try to. Well, you can't laugh. So, yeah, so, that, so it's immune. It's immune suppression, and um, it's definitely like uh, I've actually been spending more time with this than Jicky has now because he's. He's been so busy the last six months. Frustrated with everybody, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he 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 seems more focused on um, proving the fraud through yeah. the data analytics that way. Whereas I went down the track of I I'm pretty sure I can prove the the fact that they understood prior to all of this when they saw the virus. That's like the main argument I'm making is that it doesn't matter who made the virus in January of 2020. When Fauci saw it, he knew what it was. He knew how best to deal with it. And he did everything exactly the opposite of what he would have done. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. And, and so that's really my focus. And, and Jiggy is really, he's dealing more with the cancer and the jab and stuff. And Charles, like Fauci, was able to recognize it because DARPA, DOD, um, oh, the guy at UNC, Ralph Barrick, they had all been developing kind of. I describe it as puzzle pieces that fit together into SARS-CoV-2. Is that a, is that an accurate? What would you what would you correct that? Uh, so yes, I would say because the virus was obviously made using techniques that were perfected in the West, especially Over in, in our, in our circus, like, um, there's, and what I've, what I've really been trying to pull together now is hundreds and hundreds of, of sources that, that, that show that, that the, that the HIV GP120 epitopes that they, that they put in there, that, that was the result of 30 or 40 years of of learning what the virus did, learning what each epitope did, being able to hone in on it. And and I haven't really talked about it as much publicly yet, but I believe it's directly tied to um, stuff that Garth Nicholson did um, and that Meryl Nass was like trying to dig up with Gulf War syndrome. Okay. Um, because Garth Nicholson was a cancer researcher from Texas, from UT, and he had a daughter who had Gulf War syndrome, so he started digging into it in the early 90s. And what he discovered is that um, a bunch of the troops that had Gulf War syndrome had like this mycoplasma and other opportunistic infections. But these particular mycoplasma, he found um, bits of 
the GP120, he found the GP120, like almost a full GP120 inside these bacteria. Somewhat similar to like, you know, you have these cDNA that are that are in the vaccines that were that were used to to make the RNA, uh -huh. but then they were but they didn't they didn't filter them out. Right. Well, in this case, there were they were back in the seventies and eighties. They were taking bits of H HIV virus oh, and testing okay. it to see because they wanted that immune suppressive element in a weapon, and then we gave a bunch of stuff to Iraq during the Iraq war. And then like five years later, we went there. So literally after we shipped and we, there were people that found like the, like the, the lists of, of agents that were shipped from us from all the major labs here to Iraq and included all these different things. And so then in 91, obviously, and there's like a, a couple thousand soldiers that were near this one base that was their main biological storage and setting facility. And they they blew it up, but they demoed it like after the three weeks of fighting was over. Mm -hmm. And like everybody in the vicinity, everybody in the vicinity got Gulf War syndrome, but everybody in the vicinity didn't just get it. They all had, um, because there was it's probably also from the vaccines that they were given before they went over there. Yeah. But everybody that was around there, like a hundred percent of them had GP120 inside this microplasma. And so, and that even goes, and you, we were able to trace that back further to, to prison experiments in Huntsville. And so back even before that in the late seventies and eighties. So the bottom line is, is, we see that the U.S. bioweapons program was trying to hone in and figure out how to what the perfect epitopes were, so that way they could create this perfect weapon. And SARS-CoV-2 has these, which are like a perfect. Um, you can see the development process over time. Possible, yeah. And do you like? So, do you think that they knew about the? the spike being broken down into prions and that those, I almost think of those as like cluster munitions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That it was going to do that. Yes. There's this, I think there's a, if you heard about the department of energy, the DOE like report, basically there was like someone leaked that they'd come out, that they had this classified report that said that it, the virus came from a lab. Well, the lab that, that, that came out with that. I thought that was just official. Um... Well, they, they didn't actually officially release it. They just, I forget who it was that said it. I guess it wasn't a leak. It was more of like a, yeah. But basically it was, they wanted to say, they wanted to drop it and say, hey, we know it's not natural because they wanted to point it at Wuhan. But they didn't give any details and they didn't, but the problem is that we know some of the details, which is the the DOE lab that, would, that knows about genomics the most is this lab um, run by someone named Bet Korber, who created this database in '91 and has run it ever since. Where they, in 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 spending billions and billions of dollars to understand every epitope of the HIV virus in order to make a vaccine.
and so they knew they they know what the what the prion like domains are they know they know what's likely to cause amyloid fibrils but more importantly they knew that these tiny pieces were just enough in the exact perfect spot to be able to access dendritic cells and hitch a ride to T cells. So, okay. the, and, and I figured this out and was it, I believe I've been able to prove it because I went back through, well now 49 studies of, of vaccines being developed over 20 years to show that whether it's HIV or flu vaccines or whatever it was, they always took out the furin site. They always took out these specific epitopes including the vaccine research center that made the Moderna um, shot. So like they knew unequivocally what these things did. And for some reason they decided it did this time to keep all those nasty things in it. Right. Okay. And I was just going to confirm they, they pulled out the FCS because they didn't want it infecting humans. Well, they, they would always pull out the fear and cleavage side because a, you don't need a vaccine, which is supposed to stay in one place and the immune system is mm-hmm. supposed to get it. Um, you don't need it to have cell tropism. You don't need it to go into all sorts of different cells. And that can also cause issues specifically because it can do that. Um, and so what I saw, I went back and tracked in each one of these um, studies that they would always take it out. And I even found like on video in 2014, the guy who became the head of Pfizer saying we would always take out the fear and clean set. Okay. So the FCS is like starting the car, leaving that in is like starting the car and putting a brick on the gas pedal and good luck. Yeah. You don't need it. Um, It it can only do bad things in the vaccine over the body. Yeah, exactly. It's completely unnecessary. And for them to, to do what they did and then wrap it in lipid, which is also antigenic and can also go anywhere. And get is, past all these barriers as well. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All of the, literally everything they did was antithetical to everything they'd known how to do for decades. Mm-hmm. And then that's really like the takeaway there. Yeah. That, that clarifies it for me a lot. Yeah. Cause I'd never thought of, thought of the FCS in that way. And I didn't know that they were pulling it out all the time. So it really so, is a unlocks the yeah, door to this whole pandemic and, and this exactly systemic damage that's going to fall out. I, I've said over the next 10 years, but you said 20, you think maybe 50%. I mean, you just threw out. Well, I, no, 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 no. I mean, I, nobody I, knows, I, but I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think that I think okay. that like, that could be like a worst case scenario. I, okay. What I do think is that, that like this, what I just told you like the fact that they knew and that I've been able to go back and show that they knew. Uh, I think that's the key to really breaking this open. And it's been, I've been so frustrated because people have been getting sidetracked with crap that doesn't matter. And um, I won't name any names right now, but hundred percent increase in uh, whatever the, yeah, I know it's your, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's, that's what I'm trying to do right now. That's what I'm the affidavit that I'm the sworn affidavit that I'm putting together. Okay. And any testimony I do is going to be mostly based upon that and the evidence that supports that in any future hearings. So I'm sorry to report, gentlemen, but apparently Rumble went down. 
Um, I don't know. It seems. It, well, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't working to begin with. It wasn't. No, it, oh, it was no. doing like this weird loop thing. Oh. <laughs> you didn't get the right stream update in there. <laughs> sure, I did that. Yeah. I mean, because because that's why I started watching, and then I realized that it was doing like a thirty second loop. Oh. And I couldn't get Twitter Spaces going either. It's like it's not. Oh no. Oh, God damn, I, am, all again. I am recording this on my end anyway. Yeah, I mean I'm recording it, but I'm gonna it well, down. I mean you could just you could just play it again, and it's yeah. so I yeah. miss that I much. Too, where you just rebroadcast your recording. You know, the chat just might have to suck it up and deal. <laughs> now they're getting tired of, me, of hearing me talk about this. And... Well, so, yeah, so I don't I don't know if you had any other like like yeah, Charles or or whatever, other, but... like major signposts like that on the on the road i mean I, you, you i know you've got all these little pieces but are there <laughs> other things um well shit i mean i could go in forever uh like it's a major major signposts i would say milestones yeah um i mean geez so basically for one i, I i've for my own ends i can pretty much prove that um that what I just told you is basically the reason why all of the censorship started because another massive piece of this that nobody knows, but is literally right there in the literature is that um, they got the sequence on January 11th of 2020. Mm -hmm. And then two days later, they finished the prototype sequence for the vaccine. We all know. Well, one of the decisions that they explicitly made to finish that prototype sequence was whether or not to retain the furin cleavage site, which sounds kind of dumb because they, they had literally always taken it out before. They, they'd always removed it or they would mutate those amino acids. And they didn't this time. And there's even like in a book about the vaccine race, Barney Graham, who's the number two at the Exxon Research Center, he even says, like, because somebody said that Moderna had come up with this to keep the fear and cleavage site on their own. And he's like, no, they didn't, because it was antithetical for me to do it. Of course, he then doesn't justify it. Um, but that's like the only mention that he ever did. And it's weird because on the 13th of January, we didn't know anything about this virus. So like in China, there was, um, that was still a week before they announced human-to-human transmission. And then three days after that, they, they did the, started the lockdown. So what that means is, is that Dr. Fauci knew about the Fearing Cleveland site no later than January 13th. Because that's like, I mean, it's, it's the most key epitome, big smoking gun for it to be unnatural. So there's not a chance yeah. in Hades when they had to make the decision to keep it if they didn't know. And that makes it not just human, human transmissible, that makes it highly pathogenic because no matter where you get it inside your body, you have a pretty good chance that it can infect your cells. It's gonna bind the cells, it, yeah. And then it can infect literally half the tissues in your body. Yeah, okay. So that made it, like right there, they should have like alerted everybody in the whole nine yards and they didn't. Okay. I mean, even so everybody talks about this teleconference on February 1st, 
where everybody's like freaking out about the funeral cleavage site and Dr. French is just kind of quiet in the background. Well, he had known about it for three weeks. And then to compound that, after they all talk about it and how this holy crap, this, this looks like it might be engineered. They don't talk about the funeral cleavage site for another six weeks. Yeah. So by the time I'm in Europe, flying back from Europe in early March, and I get sick, um, most of the world isn't masking. Well, not that I think that was the main thing I needed to do, but the bottom line is the world didn't know. Doctors and nurses right. didn't know how, how right. transmissible this was because Fauci didn't want to say because they didn't want people. It almost looks like they wanted it to spread. And then literally the day they um, dropped the proximal origin was the day they dropped the Imperial College study saying 10 billion people are going to die. And so the lockdowns within a week, like half, half the West was locked down within seven days after that. So it was all very, I mean, because if they hadn't done that, they might not have needed a vaccine. <laughs> if they'd shut it down two months earlier, we might not be having any of these conversations right now, but they didn't. So that's another big one. And once again, it's all tied to this, this fact that they knew what it was, and then they, he made all these decisions, but and, none and of them were in our best interest. No. Because of all the history of pulling out the FCA, it was never a question before you remove the FCS. Otherwise, this thing could be really bad. So he would yeah, have known I mean, that going yeah. in that that's what they were about to produce. Wow. I mean, what I, that I just told you in like the 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it was, mm -hmm. those are crimes against humanity. Yeah. I don't even, and I, I just can't even get enough people. I can't get the actual like media or anybody to actually understand this, think about it for five minutes and then move forward on it because it's so obvious. Yeah. When your paycheck is uh, dependent upon you not understanding, right? It's true. That's, that's what, that's what you're dealing with. And are you, are you still in Dallas? No, I'm actually in DC now. So, or you... well, I'm in Northern Virginia. Um, I, I want to go back to Dallas, but I'm probably going to be okay. here until, so whatever this is, is whatever it becomes. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I've been talking to people in the committee. I'm actually going up to uh, Boston on the 19th. Hey, don't, don't, don't give you travel. <laughs> uh, I'm driving everywhere. I'm, I'm not flying anywhere until this, until this stuff is done. Um, Cause entire planes go down that way. But, yeah. but no, um, I was invited to the, I guess the, the kickoff, whatever, for uh, RFK's campaign. Uh -huh. So I'm going to be there whenever that happens. I mean, me Andrew, we're going to go Dallas, there. Do you want me to bring cameras and lights and sit down in a suit and do something really slick? Well, I mean, shoot, if I come to Dallas, I don't, I don't have a house there. I mean, because you're yeah, in East Texas, right? I, I am. My brother's got a place in uh, close to Rockwall. Well, I mean, I can just we could use. So I, I've been doing a lot of traveling. And, I mean, next time I am in Texas, I could just drive through because I drive like through thirty all the time going down to, to Dallas. Okay, at least these days. So if you're anywhere near Longview or or yep, uh, I'm Pleasant, uh, or Anton and Tyler. So oh, yeah, I've been there all the time. Find a place. So yeah, let me know. 
Yeah, next time in Texas, which I have no idea when it's going to be. Try and try and package this into five minutes or something. Um, well, you could definitely do a lot more magic than because I can ramble and it doesn't help yeah. that all of my practice is on uh, his stream. So, okay, because that's for like well, open okay. form. <laughs> I've got a friend that's a professional video editor that I might be able to rope into. I'm not. I'm decent at editing, but not great at it, and he's can make fake star Wars videos. <laughs> so he's really good at what he does. He might be able to kind of polish it up and really get that message out there. Cause that is like, I I've listened to both you guys for a long time and I've understood a lot of the little pieces, but that kind of really coalesces the big picture. So. Yes, Charles. Well, I, I, I don't know. It's still too much of the time here, but no, um, no, no. I, th I think um, we've been going uh, several hours, and the fact that we missed the spaces and the and, and and rumble failed. <laughs> um, the uh, I, I'm conscious of just. It's all gravy. You, you got like 500 people viewing you, or, or 500 views on Twitch. So that's good, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's something. Uh, I don't know. If, uh, I people used. Uh, Ah, streaming. Uh, WTYL. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, uh, what a, what I, I'm recording. I'm going to put some little pieces of this out so I, I can kind of get the ball rolling there as well. Well, I was going to say, I've got the, I've got the recording and just a shame the stream messed up. Um, I know Charles, we're going to be speaking with Christy tomorrow that oh, sorry, yeah. that morning my time in your time so I, I i guess that's an hour and a half how off earlier than now i want to say and i need to go and check uh, the so <laughs> what, what else so like what all did you i only caught like the like 45 minutes before i came on of this i don't know like what else y'all well um, I, we were going to talk about just like viruses not being real, but I think it, it's such a wasted. I was I was battling some of the pro vaccine people all week on Twitter, and we were talking about some of their tactics and how they're literally subjects that they just will not acknowledge, won't address, move right. the goalposts on, and it's it's because they can't, and uh, and how you know out there. I think there is a a small group that is uh like controlled opposition or paid or or military intelligence I, I don't know but i think there's a wider group out there that sort of trusted the cdc trusted the the experts and got roped into this and now don't want to acknowledge what they've taken part in because they didn't do their due diligence and you know like here i am a, a engineer that didn't know anything about medicine or burn cleavage sites or SARS-CoV-2 or any of that stuff. And I figured it out when they didn't. And it's just, it's uh, I was, I was, uh, I was working on my MBA and, uh, the manager of a shoe store, uh, prior to the pandemic. So, you know, uh -huh. I don't, uh, I think that's, I think it's kind of cool, but I also think it's, it's just one more, uh, I don't know, flare in the sky about how far the science, um, how far Fauci took the science down with him. Mm -hmm. And 
like uh, we're either going to be living in the matrix or he's destroyed science for a generation. So I hope it's the, I, sadly, I hope it's the latter, but yeah, I mean, the two aren't mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I mean, I mean there, I think, I think but, has to evolve and that's what I was talking with Kevin about. It really does. Yeah. What, what we have today is not science any more than what we have today is not capitalism in, in America anyway, because Very true. You know, you have these corporations that are in bed with the government. The, the corporation is a government create creation in the first place. And people blame capitalism when we have cronyism. We have uh, privatized profits and socialized losses. And like, that's, that's not capitalism any more than what we're seeing today with peer review and with consensus based <laughs> science and all this nonsense is not science. And that's a I, very I good. Keep, that's a really good analogy. <laughs> I have to keep going back at these guys yeah. that are attacking me for my sources, and like remind them: look, science is about making observations about the world around you and forming hypotheses, and then testing those. Yeah. And whoever you know does the best job of explaining what we're seeing, as well as predicting future untested outcomes, they're the winner in my in my book. And you know that's. That's you and Walter and Jessica and Kevin and both Kevin's and and Jicky and everyone else that have been sort of laying this out for us, and they've been pushing this narrative that continually is just dying and eroding away over time, and they they just they don't want to acknowledge that either. It's all well, that's not peer reviewed. Someone asked me for the citation for my logical fallacy that I pasted in response to them. I'm like. <laughs> What are you talking about, man? Well, what's this? Uh, what did they? What was the, which particular logical fallacy? It was the the two quote. Two quote. quote. <laughs> two quote. Yeah. He just responded with something totally irrelevant, and I'm like, "That's not even relevant." Well, where's your citation for that logical fallacy? I'm like, "Oh, just fuck off." <laughs> nice people. Aristotle. Like, Aristotle. You know, you know, he's sort of. Um, where we can lay, uh, well, in this particular network that's sort of emergent at the moment around uh, Copeland is uh, Steve Kirsch just went in and made an ass of himself. Mm -hmm. he, wasn't, he wasn't prepared for that type of... Uh, I'm not sure how, because that's all he talks about. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got, got to ask some questions, right? And... I'm trying to remember what the specific issue was, and I, I don't know. But so what? What Copeland does is try to um, catch people out with uh, tell me, basically lay out the algebra for a specific um, statistical test and why why you would use that. I've seen him try and pull that stunt on no end of people, and I think there was. Uh, Oh yeah, I remember what it's about. So, uh, Kirsch had put out a, a survey, I think, and do uh, it might have been. Do you know anyone in your immediate circle who had a vaccine adverse event? And came back with that sounds about right. Yeah, you know, some I don't know, fifty fifty percent, some for sake of mm -hmm. argument. And so what 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 you're doing there is one, um, it's it's an anecdotal um, 
biased uh, selection of data and he just he just walked right into that particular kill zone and they just went went all over him and he was he was unable to deal with essentially copeland sort of ghetto yeah. type approach and um and once they've got control of the mute button they they're just going to talk over you endlessly and um you know, that's again that's an indicator of that you're not dealing with uh, uh intellectually honest actors in that space and you know regardless of what you think of uh, Steve Kirsch. Um, they were. I think he should call us. Yeah, he should. He has my number. I mean, I've spoken to him before, and um, he, yeah. Did you speak to me? Yeah, I'm obviously not important enough. <laughs> um, he he does a lot of good. Like, yeah, I mean, the bitches in his organization don't like me. I'm too. Uh... Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think he knows how to like reach people and i look at like the fda he's gone to the fda and on the on the verb pack calls multiple times and he's read on the statistics and look this is proof and guess what steve they don't care i went in there and lambasted the whole process and it you know went viral and i don't think he understands like the the situation he's in when i was debating uh debunk the funk anytime that i would present something i was just going back trading tweets so if i cited something that was incorrect like uh, an athlete death or something like that that wasn't uh vaccine related and they knew it they would jump all over it but if i cited something that was real then it's radio silence and they wanted me to come on their show but none of them would come on with me where i would you know let leave them unmuted sort of thing and i knew walking in what they wanted me what they wanted to do was just ask me question after question that i'm not going to be able to answer because i'm not a virologist or a, or a biologist or anything like that um and they would not want to address sort of the observational data that we see the increase in insurance payouts the increase in cancer treatment spending the uh you know several of these other factors and so forth so they very much play a one-sided game and y'all are right about walking into traps they only respond when they know they can win and when it's anything else they just want to change the subject or uh, ad hominem you know something along those lines um well like i say there's um the, the way to deal with it is uh, <laughs> you had enough back she's speaking to me wow hallelujah but, um the uh god i was gonna say now that god i gotta switch that stinger off it does disrupt my uh, thing oh yeah just um you know i've had to, i've had to just sort of focus on other stuff but um, Copeland is sort of coming back on my radar and just look I just saw how they treated you and I, I I was just listening to the playback of the recording because it was a viruses aren't real stream and so I don't know I, I should not watch that and I just like I said what I how I heard them treat you was um, very very disrespectful particularly when trying to um, discuss scientific issues important scientific issues that are yeah. 
um, essentially life and death right now. This isn't some uh, projected um, or hypothesized threat. We're, we're right in the middle of something, and that something, as I won't say, is it's Charles' words, not mine. In fact, I buy warfare. And the, this is, we now know that these organizations were in bed operating together, everything. The, the worst possible combination of scenarios is all true. Uh, even down to the um, control of things like Twitter. Like that's why the you know, Elon Musk getting Twitter was so important. But yet we're still yet to get the Fauci files. That was the stupid name they were giving it, right? But um, we know that they were actively blocking dissent from particularly professionals who were speaking out. And um, that's, that isn't the culture or um, framework that I was born into. <laughs> How are those other fuckers on the other side of that iron curtain? Not us. But, you know, I guess as the this screw turns, um, we just, I don't know. How much is by accident, or if they're able to plan this out over generations, and I think they're able to plan out over generations. That there, there was a um, really, uh, full-on intent to take over and subvert those systems, and uh, I think it's kind of like a, a culmination of things. They know the dollar's dying. They know for the first time ever there's an alternative to fiat, so they can't just come out with the the strong boulevard like venezuela did and, and that's going to fly anymore because people have crypto that they can move their wealth into they know automation and ai is coming in that's going to replace a lot of jobs they have two in the u.s has 200 trillion in unfunded liabilities uh there's no way they can pay all that off They're, they have all the baby boomers here in the u.s so uh, a mass die-off solves a lot of those problems and then at the same time allows them to crack, do this controlled demolition and rebuild society with the cbdc's with the world government with the you know greater control and and 15 minute cities and all of these things i apologize I think sam i had to one of those fucking f-fools just think come over my house and i missed about 10 seconds so you were talking about um dollar claps and i had sort of central bank currencies yeah, and whatever so I, 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 it's I, I just was saying i think it's a culmination of things because they have the dollar that's failing we have cryptocurrencies that that now pose a viable alternative to government money that strikes at the root of like there's no government i think on, on the planet that can survive without being able to inflate money, you know, print their own money and, and spend well, not, not in the system, but yeah, I, I actually, I, I've always been more optimistic, assuming that the, you know, the AI doesn't kill us. Um, which it says it's going to do. <laughs> Just... Which it does. But to me, I think that, yes, they've completely, like they're retarded. They've been basically snorting, Blow in the 
metaphorically speaking in terms of just you know fueling being printing money especially with quantitative easing for the last decade they just we were just basically on life support for the last decade 2008 but but to be honest like as long as we can get through this tumultuous period i still have faith that not that the technology will save us but that humanity's ingenuity will uh will push the technology enough because what we've seen during this entire time and the west has been in decline we've seen you know when i was born in 1983 there was you know still 50 percent of the world was living in poverty and now it's less than 10 percent you know and we didn't do it's not like we, we charitably gave that much it's not like vaccines saved all those people what it was all these things that people weren't really thinking about the crop yields um increased a hundredfold because we started with new seeds and so from the 70s to the 90s it was a completely different world and in all these different areas of our life these things were happening we didn't know exactly what was going to happen but they worked out because the pace of our 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 growth and our technological advancement was growing faster than our population and now our population is growing slower and our our technology is only going to continue to accelerate mm-hmm. and so what that means is that like i mean kevin and i have been talking about like these certain there is another part of my argument is, is a certain text that hasn't been discussed that was suppressed on purpose by fauci during early in the pandemic so that way they wouldn't we wouldn't be able to replace the pcr with something that we could actually track that they couldn't fake um and but there's a whole bunch of these technologies and what they what they typically do is they they do make things cheaper they 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 lower the 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 cost of things um in real terms and that's not on this fake money terms that they were talking about because even if zimbabwe had you know, the, now one trillion Zimbabwean dollars is worth what it was forty years ago, but but they still have cell phones somehow because well the the cost was so low enough that it, the technology overrode all those other concerns. And so I think that if we had if we would just focus on being creating a stable world and and prosperous societies, we would get over the fact that we that we basically printed money and did it what they don't want <laughs> is they, they don't want the reality where they don't have control and that printed money people if people actually came around and realized hey you know what if it wasn't for them printing the money then they wouldn't be they wouldn't be in any better place than we are now they literally just did whatever they want and made the rules and it's not because they're better people or anything like that and that's the real truth is that technology is a democratizing force and what they're trying to do is is prevent that from happening and the only way they can prevent that is to withhold it from us mm-hmm. so i mean our goal the way i see it is to be optimistic is we just don't let them monopolize those things and i think that if we can do that then eventually they can't it's a hard balance but but yeah. that's really what we need to do it's not the, it's not that we need to 
there's no, there doesn't need to be a revolution. We just need them to stop being dicks and trying to take control because they don't they don't deserve it. They don't earn it. And why on earth, if the future is coming, should we assume that we have to be slave? Like, why should we have to be slaves for them when the technology allows us? Always been that way, Rixie. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Well, guess what? It's a new era, and I you think know, like, that's that's the perspective that we should be having. I, I think they have some kind of free energy device, um, and that is that's behind the whole UAP UFO topic and why it's so. I think so I, I think they're trying, yeah. Compartmentalized and secret. I mean, maybe not free energy, but certainly sort of you, you anti. Know, you know they've got fusion, right? These pulse fusion reactors now. It's just okay. well, they they just like yes. There's also the the low nuclear, like the pebble bed nuclear reactors that could power a neighborhood forever and no risk of ever um, going critical or whatever. So, well, so see, this is all the stuff that this is all the stuff that we know that they're trying to do. We know that whether it's UFOs or they just got lucky and figured some shit out, which is probably not true. So it's probably UFOs. Um, there's no reason, there's literally no reason for them to withhold but there um, is. technology that can change the life except for control. That's it. Yes. That's the only, yes. that's the only because, thing. Look, if, if I've got my little space RV outside here that I can hop into and 10 minutes later, I'm having lunch with a friend in Japan, what relevance do passports have in that environment? If I've got an EM gun that can accelerate BBs to Mach 3 or Mach 10, I don't care what kind of armor plating you have on your tank there. If the first BB doesn't chew through it, the next 500 behind it will. So it's it's really the ultimate level playing field. And that's why I think that whole topic is so closely guarded because it, it, there's so many um, chickens coming home to roost be it government's monopoly on the printing and, and of money, uh, free energy, all of these things, the, the utility grid, all that stuff is part of the control grid that they use to track and trace us and, and keep us under their thumb. And CBDCs is the next step into that where they really are taking that, uh, just taking a, a tremendous amount of power and control over our lives. And it's so worthless, so worthless. Like, like if you're already billionaires and trillionaires, yeah. just let it go. Yeah, man. Like, the, the, the yeah, issue no. is it's not just the money, right? But what what we find out is that they've um, you know, they've been organ harvesting. It's the kitty diddling, mass kitty diddling. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, there are sadists mm -hmm. in, in these critical positions, and you yeah. know, so then they need to go. Yeah, and, which is obviously what they're, what they're trying to avoid. Yeah, yeah, uh, and hence, hence the so normalize EOs um, no. and genital mutilation, all that stuff. Right, that that is a weaponized psychology against the masses, hoping that the same tricks that they've used for generations <clears throat> can maintain the illusions of the masses. It's so pathetic. So we can all be free. In the CBDC, kids, <laughs> kids in free, uh, that they can keep their fucking grubby hands off. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Sam. No worries. In the CBDC paradigm, you know, you can literally bar people from buying and selling. You can completely unplug them to where they're not going to be able to get an apartment. They're basically living under the bridge 
and begging for food and money. Of course, there's no cash in that society. So, and if they've shut you off, you don't have any way to exchange value with other people. So it has to be charity, whoever, yeah. whoever controls that system has the ultimate leverage on everybody else that's forced to use it. So it's just, yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly dangerous. The time that we're heading into, I really think it's going to go Charles, much like the Soviet union did as we move into this die off, the economy crashes. And, um, you know, I think we're going to see companies fail because people are dropping out of the workforce. One of the things that I predicted like a, a year or two ago was kind of this slow grind down where, uh, the people that that keep things running, that keep a certain piece of equipment maintained in, the, in a manufacturing plant, and they're the only one, they die suddenly, and now nobody knows how to run that equipment. That There was a lot of that going on when China started to start back up after their lockdowns. They, they had to chase animals out of the factory, and the guy who fixed this one thing that made everything possible was dead, and now what do we do? Nobody knows, and they had to figure it out. Well, I think that's what we've seen with the FAA NOTAM upgrade failing. Uh, you've got. Wait, what, what, I, I didn't know what FAA NOTAM. What's uh, no, so yeah, it's like uh, alerts that would go out to pilots in the event of an emergency. <laughs> uh, the last time they shut it down was after 9/11 when they grounded all. They grounded all flights. <laughs> well, this upgrade happened. The system went down, and they they put a. They, they grounded all takeoffs. They wouldn't let anyone take off until it was fixed. And I think they just had to roll it back. Hmm. And that, that happened just a few weeks ago. You've got uh, Southwest having the same kind of problems, upgrade problems with their reservation systems. And they've had mass cancellations across their network. It was happening over in the UK with some of the smaller airlines, both because labor shortages. I've got a, a truck driver that works for one of the major uh, shipping companies that you know, you both would know, uh, he would show up for work and they couldn't get enough people to work the line to load the trucks. So no packages went out that night or he's hauling, you know, almost nothing, 3000 pounds and an 18 wheeler across three States. And it just, they're not making money doing that. Uh, everything is just kind of slowly breaking down over time. And the U.S. dollar failing, I think, is going to be the linchpin because that's what's paying all the bribe money, all the, you know, retirement funds, pension funds, and so forth that's keeping these secrets uh, safe, right? And so when the bribe money runs out, what happened in the Soviet Union? You get people selling uranium, uh, selling the Russian secrets and whatever because they just want to be able to feed their family. So all of the this S4, Area 51, uh, Dry Groom, Groom Lake stuff, I think a lot of that's going to come out when the dollar fails, and we'll have a, a lot of these secrets revealed because the infrastructure that kept it secret broke down. But correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, as you are resident in the U.S. Now, my memory, patchy as it is now, seems to remember when Trump came into office, that they basically made a unique account for every US citizen within the post office that was, I don't know, but the reasons given for it were 
opaque, but basically it sounded like a sort of placeholder for like a CBDC. Oh, okay. Type. Okay. Yeah. So, um, during the pandemic, there were two bills that came out and they were, they were both CBDC bills. The first one was the deep state, uh, version put out by the Democrats and the, uh, the big idea behind it was the fed has the accounts and if you have like uh, Chase or Bank of America, you open your banking account, your your banking app, the Fed account would have to be included in that banking app and it would have to be branded the Federal Reserve. So that was kind of the camel's nose under the tent to slowly push out the commercial banks and centralize things further. Uh, and then I think it was a month or two later the Republican version of the bill came out and what they proposed was almost the same thing, but it's not the Fed, it's, it's the U.S. Treasury that's doing these accounts. And, you know, so so there was this battle going on during the pandemic for who's going to retain control of the, the currency going forward, the, the CBDC going forward. And the deep state wants it to stay with the Federal Reserve and the... I, I don't know. The, the, I don't want to say the good guys or anything, but the Republicans wanted to keep it with the Treasury, keep it in the government. Slightly less deep. <laughs> slightly less deep state. The slightly less deep state. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Two wings of the same bird. The big government bird is is yep. how I describe it. So yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing that right now. So yeah. Yeah. So, there's a. <laughs> the issue here is like we can agree that there's it's about wanting to try to maintain control of essentially like each each human is a um battery like in the matrix. A, a, a unpredictable force a battery yeah. basically but but in if, if you're in a situation where you're engaging in behaviors that Look, I, I get it. There's some stuff you want to keep under the the table, right? Um, that, that's just the reality that we live in. But the it seems to me that there is a very, very I don't know. It's it's conflict and war focused industry. There is, like I say, I know the focus at this point is bio but i guess the next iteration is just you know how how autonomous the ai can get and how mobile it can get such that it can be leveraged in a way that maintains like the the, the reason the us and all the everything a trade of traditionally done in the in dollars is just because the us could rock up with uh, a carrier fleet and um, right. decapitate any um, any anyone objecting to terms and conditions that particular contract. Now, um, I'm just I'm just wondering if their their line of thinking is that as as we keep essentially automating everything and doing that algorithmically, if they would be as stupid as to 
essentially autonomize like a carrier, something that isn't subject to water that could just be like say you can move force and project force but basically non-traditional and they would they flip the switch on on such a system to take humans out of the loop such that i don't know that you could have like a i mean how high does a drone need to be for you not to be able to see it and it to be able to you know, literally oh well that one's trouble <laughs> send down a little yeah. um westworld have you seen have you watched westworld i know the old movie yeah no hbo redid it and uh, there's a few spoil spoiler alerts here i watched so a couple of the first one and um yeah. I, I didn't get into it uh, season season three they leave the park they go into the real world okay and there's a scene where one of the people running the the big ai that's controlling all of society that they've got files on everybody that tells them when they're going to commit suicide what they're capable of uh you know whether they it's basically what the corporations are using to decide uh what you're allowed to do in society you, you know like that choice is taken away from you because they have so much information and the ai has analyzed you to a degree where it knows everything about you and uh and decides your future for you and in the in the like one of the early episodes the guy controlling the ai flies into this country on his jet sits down with the guy and tells him there's some rebels up in the north you're going to go kill them and if you don't uh within 45 minutes your currency will start crashing because i'm going to do this to manipulate the market and i'm going to have that guy over there with the mustache replace you after they just storm the palace and, and kill you and your family and then he gets in his plane and, and he takes off and guess what that's what got done and then the whole show is really about managing the outliers he wears this little watch that has this ring and there's these little spikes that show up over time those are the outliers and they would go out and like round those up and put them into uh, a concentration camp where they like chemically castrate them and and keep them from waking up more of the normies so the whole system was all about that paradigm and they like i mean they hit the nail on the head on so many of these issues it's, I, it's really my season three is my favorite uh sci-fi series of all time season one and two aside and then you know towards the end what happens is the whole thing gets flipped and uh instead of the robots being the 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 humans coming into the park to to fucking kill the robots the humans become the park and the robots come in and do what they want with the humans and then you know it's got this happy ending where basically humans become extinct and the ai takes it over um I, yeah, there's, there's a lot a lot in that series if you haven't watched it i highly highly recommend taking the time now, it sounds depressing <laughs> a little bit but it's also a really good show with special effects and all that but i mean it just it's um it's like the modern updated 1984 mm. 
because that's that's what we're living through. That's what they're pushing. It was just with a no. more limited perspective. No, RFK is going to become president, and uh, <laughs> Trump's going to pick it all. We'll get he's right he's going to defeat the deep state. Fine, and, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not holding out too much hope in that space. I'd love to see. Uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a fan of politics, but I would love to see Trump RFK as his VP. I think that'd be that's a, a, that's like the like. I can't even like fathom the two of those team ticket. <laughs> They're so uh, like, cause RFK has actual values uh-huh. and that, Trump's that populist. would, that would lower his value in the eyes of Trump. So okay. I don't know. It's a, yeah, it seems That's, like it'd be an incompatible mix. No, but that's I, just me. I, I like it when government argues amongst itself rather than teaming up to to take a, go against uh, to come at us basically. Right, yeah. but right now we need to be, you know, we need to pull down the trousers of the deep state and uh, yeah. shut them as boss. Well, we need to radically shrink government and rethink its role in our lives because I think it's grown out of control and it's just going to continue so, to do so. Well, it's, it goes no, back to what I was saying earlier, which is it, it, it should be imbued with the powers to constrain corporations, right? Mm. Particularly as they're seeing them and just engage in gaming the, the system in this. Well, that's, but that's because Silicon Valley is the deep state. But that's mm. part of the problem. Mm. I, don't know, I don't know how you fix that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure either and you know the just the concern in this space is well you know where where do we fit in 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 such an emerging paradigm and look and if we will take chimpanzees out of the jungle and we'll give I... them a we a nice little in. set up and uh, everything's hunky dory, right? If it's either us or them, I think. I would much rather have the the ninety eight percent of us than the two percent of them. Mm. I, I don't. I don't think you can get the the pop the numbers, the population required. Even if you can't get coordinated action after the last three years, where you've literally see that collection of entities bear its teeth in, in they're, their they're, they're just fabricating they're fabricating everything so it, it, mm. the only thing they can't fabricate is actual reality and we just have to hope that that still means something at some point and I, and I think people are just too comfortable they've made life too uh luxurious i mean you think about a hundred years ago what our ancestors were were dealing with and people don't want to give that up. I, I mean, you look at the founding fathers and what they went through and what most of them endured, you know, they're losing their properties, losing their families, losing their lives, losing their fortunes. Yeah, but don't take my Netflix. Risk that today because losing what? Don't take my Netflix. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's, that's important. That's important. Exactly. Which is why I think... It does, nothing happens until the dollar crashes and that quality of life goes down the toilet and that's going to be the wake-up call but at that point people are robbing looting walmarts and just, well, you, know, which you, you, you have already right i, I, yeah, think I know that. but i mean all of them because they can't feed their family mm. because milk is twenty dollars a gallon 
and gas is 15, you know? Yeah, you're very pessimistic. I need to hang out with happy people. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Because <laughs> even, even, even Doc, is, he gets pretty, pretty sad and depressed about it. Oh, no. It's just like, if we, no. we're going to fight. Let's fucking fight. I'm bad enough just fucking waiting. I, I mean, the, okay, so the optimistic side is I think there is also a huge opportunity going into this sort of breakdown of society to start re reorganizing and recreating things. Cause I think we have a footprint that exists today. We're going to have some sort of big die off with the same footprint. That's not going to be sustainable because we don't have enough people to, to fill, fulfill all the functions of the level of complexity that New York city has, for example, or Los Angeles has. Um, and that's what, you know, the expert who wrote this book on the population collapse and sort of the consequences of that, that's what he focused on. Um, and, and I think a lot of that manufacturing that shipped over to China is now going to come back and it's going to be, you know, a huge opportunity for things like 3d printing and, uh, local manufacturing shops. Uh, you know, like I'd love to, uh, make some gun parts, you know, in a machine shop, out at the farm and start selling those because that's something that's probably going to be in need over the next 10 years locally to where people can uh 3d print guns and buy the metal parts that they need or you know, spirits things are, things along those lines but we've we've got to we've got to start solving our own problems and doing it without relying on the government and expecting them to come along and solve those problems for us well as you may have noticed that's what we're doing right now it's because mm -hmm. the government isn't investigating itself, and no, um, and I think that's that's really the impetus. That's really back in early 2020. I uh, when I first started writing, that's exactly what I was saying: is that uh, well, we're gonna have to stand up because, mm -hmm. and this was this was April of 2020. I was, was like, you can look at DC and see just a mess to get us into the lockdown. The only time they agreed was when they got to spend two billion, two trillion dollars. So, um, you know, they're not going to lead us out of whatever this is. So we have to do it ourselves. They're, they're planning know. to spend twenty trillion in the next ten years, I think it is, which means probably thirty-five to fifty. I, I don't think they. I don't think they even know or care anymore. I think. Yeah, really, like the numbers just don't mean anything uh, for people. They're on. They're on the downslope. I mean, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll pay for. We'll pay for. We'll pay off college education and and but that's the cool thing is that there's a, um, there's a, there's a comment in in rumble i got it working but uh Zon, uh, Zon says prince <laughs> prince charles wants to reclaim north america and undo 1776. um <laughs> there could be some truth in that um I, I, I i'm not sure charles is capable of thinking in those terms but well I, I don't think i don't think he was referring to me i think he was literally referring to <laughs> king charles king charles to king charles yeah to me yeah, it's king just G prince charles it's is it is he king george or something no his his name oh, is, no. is well, it's, he's now king right because the queen just died no i know he is king but like i thought he took a different name yeah i think because no, nobody likes just just be charles right i, I, well, I mean so. typically huh uh, i thought he had chosen like george but not that I really care, but no. So I'm presuming that they're not talking about me and they're talking about being George. But the good thing is, is that Rixies have been fighting. We have fought in every war since our nation's founding. So nice. 
I'm just saying when we were here, we got here in 1743 and we haven't died yet. So, uh, yeah, I spent the weekend putting a foxhole in at the farm. That's four feet deep. It's going to be lined with wood, have a roof on it and gun sh- uh, slits all the way around and it will watch over a couple of the houses that we've got. So, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm preparing for the worst, hoping for the best kind of thing. And if nothing else, it's gonna be an awesome fort for my kid to play in and shoot the BB guns out of. Right. God, you you guys are just so lucky in the US. <laughs> so lucky in the US? Well, all right. Well, I mean, if if you're if you're reaching for sort of um maximum potential, yeah, and someone just says in the chat, you're thinking of popes, not uh, not royalty in this instance with the name changes. Well, no, sometimes they sometimes it's your James. Well, you're the historian, but um, yeah, it seems like a. I, well, what do I know? I mean, <laughs> no, I. I uh, no, but I could have sworn. I could have sworn that they had a. No, I don't really care that much about Charles the Lizard King or whatever he is. But there's, but... there's definitely a um, inner circle, right? That that this is why I can't stand what my country is at the moment because they're. Been driving somewhere, somewhere. There's there's some inner sanctum that understands what this is, and mm-hmm. and they made conscious decisions to, you know, let people die and whatever. So mm-hmm. those are the people that I want. Like yes, that's, if we take out the snake pit, then uh, and the rest of the body just flops around for a while and then it goes away. So um, I, that's what I recommend. Yeah, it's, it's, this I don't is, think the actual lizards, but um, well, <laughs> in spiritual sense, maybe. But I don't think um, it matters. I mean, whatever they are, you seem to kill them. Yeah, they yeah. they they still um, die. <laughs> can, <laughs> we can uh, inflict pain, right? And that that's I I think that's I a just, lot. I'll just add one more thing here. That six billion dollars that the. SCOTUS is given to, you know, pay back the student loans. That's really a handout that's subsidizing now the universities who have these unsustainable salaries that, you know, I did a story on Michigan, the five highest paid uh, government officials were professors at, at the university getting 500 plus thousand a year salaries. And so it's going to subsidize them because the costs are just out of control because of the government backed loans. And then it's going to subsidize the big banks that are underwriting those, those uh, college loans as well. And uh, president banana just sent me a message on Twitter saying 6 billion in student ro- loan relief to the banks comes at the perfect time when the banks are in a crisis food for thought. And I, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Know? And you know, this is a very difficult topic because a lot of the way that they managed to exercise control right now was because of this feeding people into the university system and putting them in debt so that they have to that they're in that trap and look the doctors to a t yes Mm -hmm. yeah very, very much and you know the they're smart, well, generally used to be, generally smart, capable, well-read enough to understand the um, importance of, well, you know, ethics, for example, mm-hmm. as a sort of operational principle. And um, 
I think that they whatever emerges next has to c cannot put children in debt to get the life skills components. And if I have my way, what I, what I would sort of do is um, sh sh massively shrink the idea of university. Right. So you, there is a cutoff. So you're not getting it, it. It's not just becoming a conveyor belt for people like um, midwits like Copeland, who just hasn't. How can you get a PhD without the published papers? That that shouldn't be a, a thing, but they've made it a thing in the U.S. And again, to I'm presuming I can think of two examples in that particular circle. One being Bog Rush Wilson, and the other. Uh, Copeland and neither have done the work that I would consider necessary to attain that particular title. Now, I, I I've always sort of took the view, and it may be <laughs> it may be a naive one, but um, that th 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 there was always a sort of view that the academic pathway was um, it was not a way to fame and fortune. It was more a way to freedom to think, right? You, if, if you had the capability, we would give you that space. Yeah, uh, well. And the, the system has got gamed so hard right now. And, you know, this is, this is where I think this idea of market souls everything kind of yeah the market solves everything and so we can just um have what's a strategic asset which is the, your young minds coming through um and make an industry out of that and what, instead what we should be doing it is using it as a filter to basically say okay you've now uh, done the required so that you can get into a degree program and then from the degree if you're good enough at that you can think about a phd or a, or a master's a mer the meritocracy mm, yeah i'm not sure i like the word meritocracy though it's just it's it's too associated in my mind with um the bullshit that used to come out of tony blair's mouth and well i don't think you have to worry about that anymore because i think that i don't think people realize I mean, it's going to kind of be meaningless to get a PhD when, when you can literally just put a chip in your head and mm. like, uh, and let, you connect, know, connect you... to whatever it is. And I, I honestly think that we're, uh, that's one of the things that's so ridiculous about all of this is because we, we could be enjoying this time and trying to figure out what the fuck we're going to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and instead they're making this, they're adding all this ridiculous, unnecessary stress because they have these, like these ideas of power. But the reality is, I mean, in fifty years, if everything is exponential, yeah, we we don't know what's on the sort of event horizon of this. Current. No one does, hmm. but it's gonna. It, it's not gonna be something that they can control. This, this, this. Um, this notion that they can just the only way they could ever be controlled is if it was just if it became the borg that's literally it because in any other 
like a scenario you you can't because it's just there's it's too much but, out there and that's that's exactly where they're trying to take it that's exactly whole, well, yes i know i know they're trying, they're trying to take it to the board wrong thing cbdc financial control so <laughs> propaganda and the deplatforming to shut you up if you're a problem if you're still a problem for us we unplug you from society and let you go be hungry and live under the bridge i mean that that's the power that they're going to have and that's i where, know but they're not going to be able to do it 100 percent. yeah and I've that's had, where Elon has thrown a huge monkey in the in a wrench in the works with what he's done with twitter and uh, I, I think that's their plans are are failing. I th I hope that ultimately they fail, but I, th I think it's up in the air right now. Yeah, it's up in the air. You, you don't know, and th th that's why. Uh, look, in a fight, if you start it usually, and you surprise <laughs> the person that, or the opponent that you're up against, you're going to win, right? And the they know that they were going to get in a fight and they've initiated everything we're still having to respond to their tempo of events and we're um look man, the, the fact that the well i want to say the they're watching I right now. yeah I, don't, I won't be careful in uh, the words that i choose but just you know the, the 21st century equivalent of storming the bastille isn't happening mm -hmm. right now is disturbing for me right because it tells me that they're just eh, they, they know that they can uh, yeah there will be objectors like uh, like us but most people are just going to go along get along i think and and january 6th was a um shot across the bow against any anyone just thinking along those lines mm. you know Right. Yeah. Just stick him in prison and with, mm -hmm. with no uh, with no charges or anything like that. Yeah. Well, this reminds me actually. It was a point that came up yesterday. I, I missed it. I wish I'd seen it in the stream. Where I was, I, I was talking about Zog Medis and Simone Gold and how she's linked to Oren, one of the top most influential Jays in the world. And yeah, the, I remember hearing. I remember hearing you talk about right? it. Um, so she got arrested on January 6th mm -hmm. and she got out I mean I mean yes but that wasn't they didn't keep everybody but the, but the whole point was to to she, drag she, she, in. Was, she was one of the organizers right no no well, not <sighs> they didn't make an example of her like they did Buffalo people man. yeah but I don't think that uh I mean, but they did. They also sent a message to her and everybody else because they they went out and they did they did the whole face scanning shit and and they had their neighbors snitching on each other and everything because they wanted to they wanted people to to not escape. They wanted people to know that they could be gotten. Um, and yeah, how, it, was, it was how many was people turned up. With their cell phones, they just geofenced that thing, yeah, and they just tagged thing. everyone, right? And um, this is this is yeah, this is the type of um, this is how you have to think about this next generation warfare, 
that they that they're unrolling. Yes, the psychological is a, a component of it. Incapacitation, yes, that's a um, they they have rules kind of to work by. I, I, I presume that's why I'm not telling them everything that I'm doing right now. Yeah, just because uh, the whole point is just keep them on their toes. Yeah, keep keep them uh, keep them guessing. And the well, look, the the issue is is probably nobody's watching. Hardly anyone. But the that, that was for them. That was for them. <laughs> the um, if they want to, even with just current tech. Um, if they're going to surveil you, you and really mean it, you ain't going to know much about it unless they they, they want to mm -hmm. let you know. And, uh, oh, it, it doesn't matter. I, I just automatically presume at this point because mm -hmm. they can do whatever they want whenever they want. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I just make that presumption. I guess this was this, the story of how they do that with... You, know, you click on one wrong link and they've rooted your phone and they've got everything so but you don't even have to click links now that was um, um wasn't that uh, depends, depends on what you're doing but you should you know what you should do you should play your for a stream coming up you should play the uh the interview joe rogan had with edward snowden where he talks about and this is like five or six years ago but he's talking about like what like what they can do with your phones and um it it really did open my mind and ironically i have a my older half sister is married to a guy a contractor who spent many years doing nsa stuff with like as a contractor but working doing networking stuff for the nsa and when i saw him in 2006 uh he didn't have a cell phone and he still only has a burner. And, and he basically said like he had, like he had a cable that could, he could plug up the internet, but he never, you know, like they just did not, they did not get on the internet in his house. Uh, and that really, that was really disturbing. Mm. And it was, it was really disturbing is in 2006, all the other things that he said then, um, like Edward Snowden just like said like seven years later, but so that kind of, they kind of made me realize that it doesn't really matter, but they can do whatever they want, whatever they want. Yeah. So, so I just don't tell them, I don't tell anybody until I do it until after it's done. You'll notice that I, I, I've discovered a lot of things and then I've, I've released them, but not like directly. Mm. And then like they come out and then like six months later, I'll be like, Hey, Hey, yeah, I was doing that, like the Moderna paper and everything else, because that's the only way is to keep it all inside your brain, yeah. at least until Neuralink. So, well, I'm not sure it, it takes Neuralink if they wanted to, right? So the, you know, they're they're doing sort of prediction, deep learning on dream states, so they can literally scan yeah. your brain while sleeping and reconstruct. I, mean, I don't think so. I, I, I think, no, that's, that's, I think that's extant right now, right? I, I mean, look, it takes... Right, uh, I see it, but what I'm saying is that they wouldn't... I don't think they'd be able to uh, actually discern enough to... I don't know. Like I said... To stop is, me. There's yeah, enough... Previous. There's enough... Um, look, if they, if they wanted to, mm -hmm. they can just 
whack you up with a thousand micrograms of LSD I mean, and can, other delirium. They can literally, and... they can literally do whatever they want. Yeah, they, and... you can you can kill somebody with fentanyl so easily now. Yeah, and it doesn't even need fentanyl. I mean, this was I meant to bring it up at the beginning of the stream, which was and something like that before as well, Charles. But you know, they sort of turned AI, AI to this binary um, agent, essentially like the Novichok um, weapons, right? Which is essentially inert in each of its single forms. Yeah. But once once you get combinations then they become lethal and <laughs> 40,000 some some ridiculous number of combinations that we'd never oh you're talking about the, the machine mm. yeah and, and that was uh, philip alensos and other people that you know basically advisors to the the chemical weapons and biological weapons convention and they they turned on this machine learning program and asked it to discover instead of doing drug compounds, which is what it was normally doing, they said, hey, find me, you know, as many things that are lethal to humans that can be a, like a potential nerve agent that are more deadly than uh, than VX. And it came up with 40,000 things in six hours. So, And yeah. look, if, if I thought we had anything down um, <laughs> in terms of like solid theory and implemented practice right it would be the chemistry um biochemistry right that to me that it would to, to come up with a number like forty thousand in a few hours is staggering right and particularly again if you can make it such that Maybe you can have, a, for an added level of security, you, you make it tertiary and quaternary um, type agents, right? So that you're, you're really, really honing in and being selective on your target. And I'm... That's the danger of AI, is this. Yeah. I don't even know what happens next because I don't trust anybody with it. So it's not even like a... Like I want a democratic, like world where everybody has access. No, I don't want anybody to have access. Not even like the people in charge. Yeah, there's there's just some things that we shouldn't do, right? And yeah, we're gonna do. It. We're already doing them, so um, it's kind of it's kind of a good point. But but how to, how to how to constrain that? And well, you'll just have to keep thinking about that because it's the morning where you are. It's the night where I am, so mm -hmm. I'll, yeah. I'll let you. Uh... Charles, I'm just saying, like, eventually we'll have to go to Vince. But yeah, thanks for giving me all these wonderful, op optimistic things to think about. Because it's like, well, why on earth would I continue researching the origin of COVID when there's nothing afterwards? Uh, I might as well just <laughs> embrace the suck and. Well, it's, it's, this is the negotiation <laughs> part, right? Where, you know, each side is... It may, it may not get that bad. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. It has a potential... I mean, we're not negotiating with the other side. You're you're trying to... You're trying to placate me with with my soil and green or whatever. And <laughs> I'm not ready for that. 
Well, it's, I'm it's, still I'm still in V for Vendetta, so yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's get to the Guy Fox masks first, and then we'll <laughs> yeah. We'll still see you know what? I, I, I've watched that the other day, and I'd forgotten just what a uh, global homo propaganda piece that was. Right? Uh, it... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, but what you should have been focusing on was the fact. What was the main story about? It was about a government that takes advantage of a, of a biological attack that they manufacture. Oh, that's just that's just the hook to get to you in. Control it's, of their sins. It was just to hook you in. It's the um... only you only you would care more about the lesbians than this. <laughs> than the fact that it's literally it's literally what we're living through right now, and you're like, but but. But she was bald and yeah. the paper writing love notes to her. Yeah, I, but the thing is, I didn't remember that from the first time I'd watched it. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, that was, uh, that was full on in your face. Um, and yeah. Well, I, I, yes, yes. But Alan Moore, you got to take the good with him. You got to take the good with the left, all right? He's, he's, he was, he's a little out there. But I'd rather have that and us overcome it than... Uh, what's it called? The the Watchmen. That was just more depressing. I mean, the Watchmen is actually, well, actually, we're kind of living through both of them. It's a mixture of both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I've just and, made this point before. It's a um, cocktail of Brave New World and Orwell. I would rather live through aliens, you know, like the second one was Sigourney Weaver. And... Hey, I, I think aliens are coming, so you may be in luck. <laughs> I mean, but I'd rather, yeah, I think I'd rather, like, have to go through that than... I mean, it's it's about having agency in... Because in, I think humans are... We've just, look, Sam is right that we've become sort of used and ensconced to, in luxury. And it's mm-hmm. you're right, Charles, that it's spread yeah. very, very far. But, you know, this human can be a tough animal when it needs to be. But um, what makes humans particularly dangerous is when they feel that whatever the situation, that they're psychologically and physically moving and taking actions against the opponent object target. Right. So there's a lot of sort of studies done on PTSD and the what what they found was that um that, that let's, so you can have troops who basically have to just sit in a base and they're subject to random mortar firing and stuff yeah, just yeah. being lobbed into the thing that's essentially random and outside of their control that will lead to more ptsd than someone who's full on engaged in something where I don't know you're kicking down doors, you're doing whatever, and you're. T- I mean, you still can, you can still get PTSD. I mean, like I don't know if you're, you're the aggressor. Yeah, if you're if you're the one initiating, then you're 100 right. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I've seen mm. and I lived through myself. So mm. and mm. the well, the the issue with PTSD is that. Um, well, it's what we would call classes of essential anxiety, core anxiety disorder. And the 
what that does is it it leads to learned helplessness right which i think is part of the psychological operations that they're doing right now to and it's working you're seeing people just basically unresponsive to um the scale of events that are occurring. i don't know i mean i don't know i should have PTSD and i got it in similar circumstances what you said i'm not i'm not uh they got their heads buried in the black mirror you know Oh, it makes me worse. And, and and try and tell these people, uh, yeah, the next four years you're you're going to live without air conditioning. Sorry, you were saying, Charles? It's, it's not crazy. Oh no, I was just going to say, that, like, you know, I mean, you, but you you, you, you said you're you doing something, me. right? You're, ta- you're yeah, taking well, I mean, action. You describe me. You describe me, but I'm but that's but I'm not like I'm like the opposite of that because I came through that and that. But yeah, I'm but that that, that makes that makes you the sort of um, the exception to the the rule, right? That that. Well, is... I mean, my mom always said I was special, so. But, but a lot of people. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, that was another person. Um, so Monday, I've uh, I've booked you in for yeah, a stream, bro. <laughs> that's that's... Uh, you confuse me with someone else, it's okay. But um, I was. <laughs> watching I, was, I haven't really met him before but i was speaking to him he worked in um literal psychological operations he's based in the us and um well, he was maybe 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 he's uh lying about it but i do i watched a couple of his things and it sort of came off as yeah ltc and colonel i guess that means stephen murray He seems, I don't know, in the, uh, say that, um, I've called them in the US now. They, there was that group of guys up in, um, sort of, I don't know, like Oath Keepers. That, that, that's the, that's what people call them. Oh, so I gave, I gave, no. A militia. Yeah, case. yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that's the sort of vibe I get. But the uh, he seems very sort of tuned in. So he said, what I watched, he served in Iraq and was he was there as the sort of screw turned as they cottoned on to IEDs and that type of thing. Right. I, 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 not right. Well, because that was uh, 2004 mm. when they really started. Because they, they there was an insurgency, but once they, I think it was summer 2004, because this when we were we were prepping for Iraq, and so we got the the very first set of classes, and they were still figuring out like what our TTPs were going to be, and yeah, it was an interesting time because we like learning about IEDs for the first time and the fact that basically we were sitting ducks. I mean, when we went there, we still had the vinyl flap doors and our Humvees until halfway through. So, uh, I can imagine soon. So anyway, I've, <laughs> I said we'd, we'd speak your Monday evening. Um, and 
Uh, I was making the presumption that wouldn't be traveling quite then. At, uh, oh, so you, you see, so you, uh, you signed me up for something. And... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, well, I mean, should... you don't have to be here, but I said... Um, you, you... Well, I won't even be here. I'll be wherever else. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll still be here. Right. So, so um, uh, there, there was that... And, uh, oh, again, the, the, the get to the witcher. So you signed me up for tomorrow. Yeah. And for... <laughs> Monday, just... Every Monday, okay. <laughs> And then next time you're driving 30 down Dallas, you can come to the farm and I'll, we can shoot that thing out there. I'll give you the location later if you want. I think yeah, I assume, yeah, I assume you wouldn't want to give it. Well, the, 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 the thing is, you need, you need sort of practical people. And convinced. Uh, and I think that's a good message to get out that people should understand it's you know like i've been looking at this for a long time and i didn't get the whole that the fcs was really the key so condensing that message i think would be important and, and literally nobody has got that message so and, yeah and it took, I, I got it i'm gonna i'm gonna be using it i guess okay, good, the, the and it took a weapons trained by a weapons trained marine yeah to pull that out right mm-hmm no, no one else. And after, after reading three thousand papers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I, 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 I don't know why nobody else has figured this out, but, um, but now that I've figured it out, like it's been so obvious for nine months, and like nobody is, it's so hard to break through to anyone ever. Mm-hmm. Here's, um, a, here's a little thing that you need to keep in mind as well, Sam, for that few inch cleavage side. So that. Uh, little set sequence and flanking sequence also involved in uh, nuclear translocation, right? So, in my mind, oh yeah, there's a lot. I don't right? know what that means, though. Sorry. So it, it's taking the gen- genetic material into cell nucleus to, okay. to integrate it, and that that particular set of sequences is makes it more likely that it will pass because the nucleus has a membrane around, essentially around it mm-hmm. to seal it off from the cell <laughs> machinery and mm-hmm. the and the the question has always been about well does it when, when people were concerned about being transfection technology is is it going to get mm-hmm. into uh genetic material and they were like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. It just gets translated and then it gets chewed up and then little bits of it will be exposed on your surface of your cell. And that was, that was all bullshit, right? Yep. Uh, it's actually streamlined. It's streamlined. Yeah. Do not pass go. Do not like $200. Just yep. straight to the nucleus. You, you, know, you know who I really... Well, there's a couple of people that... Um, I don't know. I mean, they, they've they've sort of walked the path of redemption. A little hard on. Just, but, they're not watching. Just it yeah, just uh, Doctor Bean. Mahad. I can see that. Right. So he was he was the one. Videos. But he he was one initial. It was only until his family got messed up by these yeah. shots that he began to question the 
and safety the, profile and yeah the yeah. molecular biology that he was he was pushing out to people and okay. this yeah. this is what you and the other one was look he's a phd in nursing it's um john campbell yeah and those two have dragged millions of people into that paradigm where they they should have everyone should have just been more standoffish with respect to the what was being given to them as authoritative forces mm -hmm. and i i remember at the time there was a and this wasn't the mrna this was uh the dina virus one they they cultured them and they, they do electron microscopy down and the cell surface is just studded with uh spike protein you can see the it's got the shape right it's full spike protein isn't being placed there all chewed up nicely as as they think that the it, it's supposed to work no it's there full and i would and well we've seen the the studies where they're finding the uh, exosomes basically just being studied with spike protein. It's not as structurally coherent. It doesn't, it doesn't look like spike, but it will tag as uh, that protein. But it was that to do with John Campbell. I'm confused. Well, because he, he pushed vaccines for a long time. He was trust the science. Trust... Trust what these authorities are telling right, but, you. But, 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 you know, to be honest, I think it's it's also important to have that. It's important because at least he, at least he changed. And I know it sounds kind of because because I remember when he when he was first starting to like look at things and consider, and everybody's like, "Oh no, John Campbell, no, he's terrible." But the truth is, um. He did change his mind, and he has now fully changed his mind, and he is actively, and you know, for what it's worth, because you can't have everybody there at the beginning. I think he has done it the right way. If if there is a right way, he's done a lot better than. I'm trying to think of a given doctor. I want to say, I, I want to say uh, <laughs> Robert Malone, but um, uh, no, I mean. I, John Campbell, I, I don't know. I, I I didn't feel bitter towards him because, I mean, I got the shot. I don't fucking know. And then, but I went through a process of, of having to learn, and then I did. And I saw him go through that process, and it doesn't bother me. I mean, the people who are still, like, if you were still looking at all this and saying, mm, I don't see anything wrong, then, then yeah, I'm concerned. But he, but he was talking about Omicron being like, like he was fighting back against the narrative last fall, you know, is what it is. Yeah. He's not yeah, part of it. Like, so. like I, said, I, I did say, I, I don't, I don't want to be too hard because there, there should be redemption. Yeah, I mean, I, I, did I, would I want to, would I wanted to throttle him at some at points in the past? Yes. But I wanted to throttle Jicky too, you know, cause he can be a pain in the butt and I didn't. I didn't, and we got along, and, and we're still in the fight together great. Because, um, you know, I told him to shut up every now and then, and, you know, he did. 
because he, yeah, he no, was no, on the same I, page. I, I, I could say I did this, the same at the beginning as well. But my <clears> premise was my operating thinking at the time was that it was literally a lab accident. Well, I mean, it was for me too, but I, I wasn't really, I didn't really connect. I mean, nobody connected the the origin and, oh my God, it's literally just Fauci back in the day. I mean, I was, I was investigating Fauci. I, I found that he was the one directly responsible for the narrative four months before his emails came out. And once again, I had no audience and so nobody knew that, but except for Congress. But so I already knew that he was being duplicitous, but I didn't know that he was also in charge of everything, like the vaccine and everything else. And so I, yeah, I got the vaccine. And, you know, like a day or two afterwards, after I got my second one, I'm like, oh yeah, by the way, all the lip and nanoparticles go straight to your ball sack and uh, that's not even including the spike and we don't even know what's going on. And so I, I had to switch, but but that's what JC has been doing now is he he's trying to go back in time and and litigate mm. people who didn't have it right on from the beginning this way he didn't either mm. and none of us did so i think for me it's it's um what you're doing now is more important than what you did at some point in the past because nobody's perfect and you know what john campbell i really wanted to be angry with him but he's 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 like like that prototypical grandfather and he's saying the right things now. And so I can't be angry with him. It's not, it's not like Paul Offit. I, I can, I can choke Paul Offit and break his trachea and, and grind him into the dirt because he's a turd. But he, he's, uh, he's, he's a major vaccine, um, advocate slash, uh, pharma, Exactly. Whatever. He, like a sort of Eric a Topol type. He 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 was starting to say like he was starting to have concerns, but he still ended up like not standing in the way of the uh, not really doing standing in the way of the childhood vaccine schedule being added and stuff like that. So he's a turd. He's basically Fauci, and uh, you know John Campbell. You know we've got those British teeth that are messed up and. <laughs> I don't know. He he cares about he cares about people, and he was right about aspiration. That's when I first really started watching. Right, so, right, right. And so I, I will forgive him. He was because by the time I started watching him, he was saying the right things about vitamin D, aspiration, etc. Like summer, fall of two thousand twenty-one. So but he, he he didn't for a long time, and he well he he's he's doing what the these young non PhD PhD doing. Which is, unless it's published, it's data is moving. Yeah, yeah, but he's also, but he's also in the UK. So, I mean, he's he's in the UK and he's on YouTube. So the fact that those things are still true and he's still on YouTube, I mean, he had to he had to get by somehow. I, I kind of hold a grudge for people that uh, have never that are have been on youtube through this whole thing or been on twitter through this whole thing because it yeah. means they were they were bending to the narrative well but i mean maybe he was just old and stupid and didn't know any better i mean yeah. he, he he faced it really well like like he actually believed in the science which was dumb because yeah. he knew yeah. better i remember but... watching some of his early videos 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many other people that I could be angry mm. at yeah, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. deaths of millions for sure. of people. That, for, sure. for me, it's just like a relative thing. You know? <sighs> I, don't yeah. know. I don't know. Where does it rank on the uh, the fret? Uh, assessment yeah. uh, it's it's way way down on the the list i mean it, it doesn't hurt that you know people on our side are starting to be dumb so <laughs> if he can come over just take their spot that's fine because <laughs> right i guess I'm just about done with this crap so... yeah <laughs> anyway that's that's my own struggle mind comp so don't worry about me <laughs> All right. You know what I've got lined up for streams? I can't remember if we put it in. I really, I really hope Minecamp just didn't like, spark something in your memory. <laughs> well, kind of. Um, <sighs> someone put in a bunch of links to like 50s. Um, so it's like instructional videos for military and what have you. And, oh, you uh, should ask me. I've got plenty of those. <laughs> it's just, teach. It, it, but it's like all black and white, and it's got that sort of pathé music to the at, at the beginning. It, um, you know, and hit the, there's you know prim and proper accents, and uh, to, you know, one is um, "Don't be a sucker" is one the title of one, and they're talking about um, that, that, that. I watched a couple, but this this one was. Uh, it's some American guy standing on <laughs> some, I don't know, pedestal and what have you, and he's just saying, "We need to take back our country," yada, yada. and um, back Constitution. We need to get these people in, and uh, he's, uh, he says, "He says that N word," and <laughs> man, I've got, I've got, I've got an entire like non-public section of my YouTube that's just uh, it's called history and controversy in history, and so it's like. I've got all sorts of weird shit in there. I've got some, he wasn't an American. He was like, he wasn't a white supremacist. Really, maybe he was a Nazi. I don't know. But, but anyway, it was some, back in the sixties, this guy goes and gets his talk at, you know, Dartmouth or whatever. And he's, and he's the opposite of wherever they were at Dartmouth back in the sixties. And so there's a big crowd outside and everything, but you actually listen to me. You know what? Pretty on point, man. These are the stuff we need to listen to because, you know, we need to challenge ourselves because mm. uh, not everything that everybody says is wrong all the time mm. just because just because we hate them. Mm. And so, yeah, I think we've got a lot. We have a lot of opportunities for learning, and I just hope we still have electricity in yeah, the well, future so that way we can do that. So. That's yeah. that's how much we're at the mercy. No, Kevin, no. I, I'm not going to be at the mercy. Well, but, I mean... But we spoke about this before, right? That if you if the final move against the U.S., what do you do? You pull the you turn pull out the, the lights. Well, and the sad thing is, we, we don't even know we don't even know if that'd be our government or somebody else's. Mm -mm. That's that's where we're at in this world. Mm -hmm. But I digress. No. Oh shit! <laughs> Good lord. All right, um, we'll wrap it up. That's okay. four, for four hours Perfect. for everyone, and uh, I'll I'll up, I'll upload uh, this the weird. full stream to to Rumble, and uh, I will I will look forward to the edited version. Uh, uh, just, um, just, uh, <laughs> I'll work on that tomorrow. <laughs> Don't want to see that. But, um, well, and I would I would say this in all scientific seriousness. If Ian Copeland would like to actually 
walk through the actual data um That's over fun. here and um i'll go i'll be polite put it that way if he wants to do i would pay, I'd pay money to see that and let's let's see how he wants to walk through all this all, all this day you know you know what he did do you know he did a a stream or spaces where he wanted to talk about fury and cleavage sites and how they were well they're in other uh no <laughs> way. yeah yeah I, I wish i'd seen that one that yeah. great so if you drop in <laughs> charles that termin asshole yeah <laughs> i think so this is like an air force guy or something so army oh mm. same diff mm. that's uh hey careful I still, I still got hopes for the Air Force. <laughs> we need those fuckers in the sky. Um, take out the drones. With the, I don't know, man. I don't know where that ends up. Yeah. When you're shooting balloons out the sky with fucking... <laughs> whatever. What's, what's the price with of those million missiles? million-dollar missiles? Yes, just... <laughs> <laughs> the best one was I saw a, uh, a weather balloon. It says... Uh, comes include ninety nine dollars comes included with free air show. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, man. <To> be- <laughs> uh huh. Well, I think the funniest one I saw was just uh, um, he had a faded writing, but it just said Fang Fang on the, on the balloon, and I was like, yes, touche. All right, gentlemen, I will uh, end the call. Let you get. Uh, go to bed that's what you should do yep that's thank you charles for joining kevin thank you for having me appreciate it yeah anytime sharpen my my knife my blade's edge a little bit so Mm -hmm. that's all very helpful anytime you want to talk about age just come get me (laughs) all right there we go (laughs) all right gentlemen see you later thank you all right folks uh yeah it's zoom time um that's uh Speaking with uh, <laughs> Doggy, we got to come up with a term for uh, the uh, the Zoomers about to get um, shunted into the neurodegenerative pathway, and we settled on uh, <laughs> early onset Zoomers. <laughs> Right, uh, I am out of here. Oh, I guess I should just, if I got a dono. I know Orlando sent something on the Rumble that didn't work. I apologize for that. I'm going to put this up on Rumble. And uh, there's Catherine. You can have... uh, What do I do? Always, always have a Chad script. Right, that's me out of here. Take care. God bless. I will upload this to Rumble right now. <laughs> that will take a few hours probably. All right, take care. God bless. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that all on, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck this, Catherine. I'm gonna fucking kill you fucking Kappa! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore!
This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they actually say. Fuck these chapters. No fucking vaccine or MRA or Guys, so the tech 